Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 208 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG. And Carrick, here we go. We took a week off. We got a little bit of a breather, but we're back, baby. We're back. We're better than ever. For those who didn't know, the reason we took a show off last week was because it was my birthday weekend, so I was away with my lady friend, and uh, it was a good time for those who may be wondering, and for those who don't give a shit, well, you just found out anyway. Uh, Carrick, what were you up to last weekend? Anything fun? <laughs> I don't know, but lady friend is the perfect, is the perfect word. Um, uh, my lover. No, I, oh, I was doing, actually, I took that, I think that was, uh, yeah, Sinking City. Sinking City, so, so I, you, were, you, were just yeah. in, you were just in the trenches reviewing shit. Uh, yeah, dude, you've been pumping them out. That's been crazy impressive to watch from afar. Because, you know, I'm well, just like, seeing you tweet, like, another review done. Another review oh, done. Like, you did, like, yeah. My Friend Pedro. You did yeah. Sinking City. I think I saw something and else. Judgment. Judgment. That's what it was. Yeah, man. You've been grinding away. So, good for you. Uh, any any secret projects? Anything you're working on that you want to tease a little bit? No. not Actually, I always do this if, like, no games are coming in. I, I just pretend like it's a weekend. So, right now, I'm sort of pretending like it's a weekend. That's why... I, I have no problem working on a, on a normal weekend because I whenever a game's not here, I'm just like, all right, tomorrow is Saturday, regardless if it's Thursday. Or oh not. yeah, that's the funny thing so, about like our position. I, I like when I used to, I'd say more consistently. Like I would have been on top of Judgment usually, but I'm more of a pick and choose type reviewer now. Um, I would do the same thing. Like if I was grinding yeah. away on one game, I would take yep. like a, a a weekend away from games almost, even though it'd be like Wednesday. So yeah, yeah, I totally yeah. feel you on that. Um, let's see here. Anything else we need to talk about? I'm personally just floating on by. Um, as those of you who watch the channel consistently know, I tend to do news discussions videos, and news is at an all-time low because E3 is done. The load has been blown. So you'll get substitute videos like me and my friends dropping nukes in Fallout 76 BR, which, oh my god, <laughs> people bitched up a storm. They were like, oh my god, because you're, you're playing the mode. I'm just like... oh. I don't give a fuck. I mean, most people are, like, really happy, but there was, like, a very large contingent who was just, like, wah, unbelievable. Anyway. You mean mad because you didn't like it and then returned to it to check out the new mode? And I like it. Yeah. I don't like the base game. Yeah, like, that's the thing. I think people got it twisted. Like, I'm supporting the whole thing because I like the BR. I'm like, the BR is good, but, like, people will come into my Twitch chat and be like, do you enjoy the survival mode now? Is it good now? And I'm like, no, it's still it's still bad. But the BR mode is actually like very fine tuned, very fun. I enjoy going to it. You know, I, I put a lot of hours into it. Um, it's fun. So like, I think people got it twisted a little bit. Dude, but. reviewers are get treated like in some way they're supposed to be religious. When in real real ways, we're supposed to be scientists. Which is that if some if you're proven wrong, you turn around and like, okay, now it's good. Like mm -hmm. if there's something like if Anthem had That's a good, good mode. 
if Anthem had a good mode, I would be like, this is mode. now a good mode. There's a good, yeah. like, there's, it, it, you don't, if you hold on to that dogmatically, other than, like, bad business practices, I'm talking about, like, you don't like a game, and then you're all, oh, you know what, this is cool now. That's what you should do. You shouldn't just hold on it too dogmatically and be like, no, I hate it because I used to hate it. That makes, mm. it makes shit sense, man. That's, that's crazy. I didn't even, I didn't see those comments. If I would have, I would have probably started messing around i don't like to go into your comments too often because i have a tendency some of your we've talked about this our our fan bases are yeah i mean yeah mine are more opinionated because i am the opinionated creator (laughs) yeah they can be a little bit like whoa and i have a tendency to be like (laughs) listen bitch but um that would yeah that's unfortunate because if it's if it's fun fuck it it's fun yeah that's that's what i say yeah anyway we have a i don't want to say a busy week but you know we got some stuff to talk about for sure so let's get it started this week is the steam summer sale carrick i made about a 20 minute video suggesting uh, you know games that people should look at on sale and I, I i made you aware of this prior to the show is there any quick suggestions any games you want to talk about real quick that maybe have gone under the radar or you know we we, we both have the similar rating scale of waiting for a sale yeah and are there any games maybe that you reviewed that were a wait for a sale that may be on that ideal price point where it's time to pick it up um just because like i said i made a whole 20 minute video i could sit here all day and do do steam (laughs) steam um sale videos but i'd love to hear from you there's any any games that Um, come to mind the big problem is is every link i'm looking at to try to give me a nice i thought i had one i thought i had one that was listing what's on sale but it's not. It's pretty so much you... every game has every some game. type of sale. Literally, <laughs> though. Like, almost every game has some type of sale. So I guess what I'd say is, rather than looking for the sale, because what we can do, actually, is I have my browser up. So you can tell me a game, and I will look it up on Steam, and then I'll give them a price. All right, let me look at my review list. All right. Um, there we go. Carrick's diving in. I was going to say, well, I can't say that. Um, let's see. <laughs> No lie, I was going to say Days Gone, maybe. But then it's not a... Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I I was like, oh, hey. Uh, No, I was going to say Dangerous Driving, but I I really don't think that game is... Well, I had Dangerous Driving as a deep, deep sale. What's it on? It should should be like $7. Dangerous Driving on Steam is currently... I don't think it's available on Steam. Is it? What? I don't... It's on the Epic Game Store. Oh, dear God. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, fuck. Okay. Well, I'll just... Um, you know what? Obser- nope. Observation is epic. Uh, yeah, what about... Oh, my God. What, Void Bastards, I said, was a buy. Okay. Void um, Bastards. And that's, that's definitely... Okay, Wait. So Void Bastards is epic. Void Bastards is currently no, available Steam. for... $25. Would you recommend well that? Well, well worth, worth it. it. Okay. Insanely worth it. If you like roguelikes. Looks great. Wow. And you like shooters. Um, this is kind of, it's like a cartoon doom almost. The way the animations are when they run around and yeah. the way enemies walk at you. Yeah. Is yeah, that, that game is clearly inspired legit by that? fun. Wow. Yeah, and, and probably some Borderlands just because, you know, cell shaded mm-hmm. people are going to. Um, but uh, Published by Humble, Humble Bundle. Wow. I yeah. didn't know they published games. Very cool. Yeah, I've seen them occasionally show up. I don't. I don't huh. usually. I don't usually end up jumping and okay. reviewing something of theirs, but I'll play it. Um, right. Other than that, if they're, you know what, VR games. Okay. I think I saw Grimblade in your Discord talking about a bunch of VR yeah, games on sale. Yeah, he wants to empty his wallet. He said. 
Yeah, like any of the VR titles that are on sale, I can probably just check right now, Steam, and go right to Steam. I didn't even think about that. I still, I'm still getting a kick here internally. We, oh, here out we go. Out of uh, you suggesting two games off the Epic Game Store. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, ju- I just haven't reviewed as many games this year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you and I. It's been I think a weird have like year. A, a mixture year. of like you know, let's hit some B tier titles, but we we try mm-hmm. to nail the bigger ones. Um, like for me, my exception was sort of judgment, but I try to nail all the big titles and it's been lacking in this first half because we're in that awkward phase right now for gaming. Like next year is going to be booming and we're, trust me, ladies and gentlemen, around this time next year, Carrick and I are probably going to be venting about how relieved we are that like E3 is done and you know, how crazy the first half of the year was, uh, based off all the announcements that have come this year. So, you know, no complaints right now. There's a little bit of breathing room. (laughs) Yeah, and I think one of the problems is, I was telling you prior to the podcast, I don't necessarily, I get my games at whatever the cost is when it comes out, so I don't look at Steam sale. Um, I know others do. Certainly no problem here. I clicked VR only. Let's look at... Outlast 2 for $7? You know what? Uh, Yeah, that's probably worth it. I'm not a huge... Are you a a big horror fan? I don't like Outlast because I get the the appeal of being vulnerable and having zero items or weapons, but that's not appealing to me to just run away from stuff. I, I, not that I have to fight everything, yeah. but like cool mechanics to, to maneuver, stuff like that. Oh, I, hey, I got I one. Monsterium. Monstor, uh, m- mm. Monsterium. Mon- Monsterium. It's a uh, PC. It's a Steam and VR title. Ooh, it doesn't look like it's on there. On Steam. <laughs> oh, there we go. 80% off. Monstrum, Monstrum is what it's called. Monstrum, that, okay. That, yeah, that game. It's only three dollars. It's only three dollars. That wow. game is definitely worth it. Yeah, I'm seeing but, yeah, Hollow Knight for nine dollars. That's really good. yeah. That's definitely worth Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, Celeste for twelve. If you guys are just looking at indies, there's a couple. Uh, have you played Slay the Spire? By the way, no. You know everybody talks about it in the discords, and it I looks just so fucking cool. There's another one um, that I just had to open in a Steam page just yesterday and i closed Ooh. it uh, wait i'm obliged to interrupt i know this is your section here but sleeping dogs definitive edition is two dollars yeah it's two dollars holy fucking smokes ladies and gentlemen if you mm. oh my god that's one of my favorite open world games man i okay. love sleeping dogs its story is great i love the open world activities the the music oh, great game great game i it's <laughs> i got one um kingdom come deliverances uh is uh looks like 17.99 Great deal. I, yeah. I gave it. A, yeah, I gave it a wait for sale due to the technical same. issues. I think I said forty dollars. Even, even if those technical issues were the exact same and they're not, it's been patched to no end. Um, mm-hmm. That is definitely worth it for that. Like that's a that is a legit huge game. Pathfinder uh, King King Maker is nineteen. That would be worth it. I really enjoyed the, that Pathfinder game. It's Ooh. janky. Rainbow um, Six Siege is ten dollars. Great great multiplayer game. Ori in the Blind Forest also ten dollars. If you don't have Game Pass. Uh, yeah, a lot Ori of people really like stupid. Jurassic Park, Jurassic World Evolution, $13 if you kind of like Jurassic Park and uh, like mm-hmm. The Sims combined almost. Um, just a couple of suggestions. Like I said, I know people love to like hear all, all the all the deals and, and what Carrick and I would, would recommend. Dying Light's 17 Dying Light's really good. That's, I like, the, yeah, that's I like, like the zombie sh- one. Strangely pricey. Like when did that come out? In like early 2015? 
Yeah, but this is the enhanced edition, which includes everything. The okay. DLC. Okay. I mean, you're you're right. On a Steam sale, you you might expect that to be a little cheaper. Mm -hmm. um, BattleTech, I gave a wait for a sale. It's only thirteen bucks. Definitely worth it. BattleTech is for sure worth it at that price, without okay. like any hesitation. That game is awesome. Um, oh, my favorite one. Didn't realize this was on sale. Holy shit! Hunter Call of the Wild. Holy shit! I gotta tell I gotta tell my Discord that's on sale. Isn't that the one oh, that you man. said you and I think Absy were playing on stream? Me, Absy, Takedown, dude, you got to do it. It's wow. it's so dumb. It's so dumb how fun it is, but all it is is hunting. And mm -hmm. it, but it's beautiful and it's serene. And so instead of like the Call of Duty stuff we're used to, the, the quick twitch, it's like you have to sneak to get up to the deer and they leave marks like there's. I mean, it sounds so <laughs> dumb. Yeah, but dude, right. I'm t like, let's say you wanted to hunt, but you don't want to hurt an animal. This is the game. If you do dude. like to hunt, but you can't anymore, this is the game. And it runs on the Mad Max engine, um, their graphics engine, and it's okay. just phenomenal looking graphics. You know what blows my mind? It feels like every time I come on Steam, there's like this new Warhammer 40k spinoff that I've oh, never I just said this. Of. I said it this morning. Chaos Bane and uh, the other one, Martyr, and I don't. I'm looking I somehow at Mechanicus right now, and I'm like, yeah, what Mechanicus the hell is, is this? Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, it came out it, like in November of last year. I'm like, it, I, it's got great reviews. I'm like, I never heard of this shit, man. Unbelievable. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on from here. What's Warhammer Vermintide now? Because if people, Ooh. even though I rated that a Ooh. buy, people should not sleep on that. It's ten bucks. I see it right here. Vermintide. So Warhammer Vermintide. Yeah, Got, if you don't have Game Pass, because, Jesus, Game Pass is eating up everything. Yeah. Um, if you don't have Game Pass. Also, House Flipper. You ever played oh. House Flipper? No, I never even heard of that. So, Playway is this company that does car mechanic simulator, uh, fucking diesel truck simulator, all these simulators. And they started out with, like, what you would term as super budget. And mm -hmm. they've slowly... They're like Big Ben or Focus, where they just keep doing it. They just keep releasing games. Keep re and suddenly, they started releasing good ones. Thief okay. Simulator was excellent. I've and... heard about that. My friend Eddie was playing that. Dude, House Flipper is a legit fun game. Like, mm. it is stupidly fun to get a shitty house that's like... Drug dealers have obviously kicked holes in the walls, and you're just there <laughs> fixing up the house and trying to get more money. You know, you buy it for low, and you're trying to sell it for high and they'll actually you can get jobs where you're like a mechanic and There's you fix other people's houses oddly enjoyable about that right doing yep. menial real life tasks yep. in video games it's like i can do all the productive stuff from yep. my bed <laughs> yep if you told me to go fix my water heater i'd be like eh but if you said there's a game where you fix a water heater i'd be like huh all right well, that <laughs> I'm sounds pretty fun. yeah it's stupid but playway it and Imperium both are uh, mm -hmm. the two the two big uh, publishers and they are just prolific as Fuck, so many mm. titles. And and not bad ones. Wow. I see Rise of the Tomb Raiders 8. That's also, Great personally, game. for me, one, yeah, one of my favorite games. I really like that. Dishonored 2 is 19? That's high. That is very high. That's like, I thought, that'd be like in the $8. You know, I, I thought that's where it would sit. Huh. Yeah, is that, that's strange. I don't think, that game didn't get any DLC really either, did it? It No, you covered the, um, the Death of the Outsider. That was it. That was Death yeah. The, that was it the was... DLC. Oh well, wait. Okay. Do they have Death of the Outsider on sale? Death of the Outsider do... is fifteen bucks. I do see something here called Void Walker Arsenal, and Just then the like Brighton Witches. Pack. The Brighton Witches sounds like it might be a something. 
Like it, that sounds a little bit more like yeah, that might let be me, DLC. Let me view the page here and see what we got going on. Do you know what's really sad about that? Is if you had told me prior to Dishonored 1 or 2 coming out that they were coming out, I would have been so excited because I'm, I'm a big fan of that kind of game. Mm-hmm. And neither. I know you liked them a little bit more than me, but I they just they came and went. Like It blows my mind because I think Dishonored is one of like the best series in current gaming, like I, I, it, it's insane that that game didn't like gain steam, or yeah. or and sold poorly. If yeah, I that's what I'm saying. Right. That's what I was trying to get yeah. at. Yeah, like did it sell well? Like it's, it blows my mind. I understand Dishonored two a little bit more because Dishonored two came out with PC issues. Um, yeah, and, and like people expected more from such like an anticipated sequel. But like you'd think the first one, man, would would fly well, off the and shelves. And you said Death of the Outsider is awesome, and everybody I've talked to says it's like one of the best DLC standalone DLCs like made. Yeah, like, excellent game, excellent a, story. Like, Only issue I really have with it is it kind of gets rid of that morality system. It, it's oh. it's it's less consequential if you kill people or choke them out, which was kind of the cool part. One of the cool parts I felt about Dishonored. That may be why people like it more. But, yeah, man, I mean, Dishonored's such a good series. So, if you have not tried it, ladies and gentlemen. You can get, uh, let's see here, the complete collection, which is Dishonored, Death of the Outsider, to the first one and all of its DLC for $40, which, um, you know, do a little research around the web. I don't know if you can get it for cheaper. You, you like, buy used at GameStop, but an excellent package of games. That, that Dishonored is one of the few series I'll say I, I have very little problems with across the board. Like, as it went game to game, usually you're like, oh, they subtracted something here, kind of like what I was talking about with Death of the Outsider, but I think that's the right. only standout example. Like, everything remained consistently good, and two to or one to two it had that true sequel feel. Instead of one character, you play as two. They travel and explore levels in a completely different way, different powers, so there's different ways to play that. In that manner whether you're doing lethal or non-lethal uh it, it's actually mind-blowing that this series is is cu- currently on the shelf um and then it looks like elder scrolls vr is on sale for half price which to be honest they never nice. lower the price so now would be the time 29 versus their bethesda does not drop the price of those vr games like i a matter of fact i think they don't drop the price normally of like hmm. do they of like fall i don't fall, pay close don't, attention because i don't own vr right now yeah well, no, but I mean, even, I thought, wasn't the major complaint we heard a while ago is that the normal games, even from them, were still at normal price? Do they go on sale? Like, does normal they, I think it's because I think it's because they do the trials and the demos, and I remember that because when I was typing Dishonored, I saw the Dishonored 2 demo, and they're one of the few companies that do that, so I feel like their idea is keep the game at a semi-fair price, a little bit hiked up above the, the value it could right. currently be at. But give them a demo or a trial to, you know, test the game out and then have them buy into the product at a little bit higher price. So there's not that much of a, I guess you're, you're gaining a lot more when someone does actually buy in. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, I, I think you earn some good PR too from a fan when you get to test the game, enjoy it, play it, and the game ends up being good. They'll rave about you day and night, or at least that experience with that game. Batman Arkham Knight's five bucks. Well worth it. Damn. I don't think that's good on PC though, is it? It is fixed. It is fixed. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is fixed. Yeah, that matter of fact, they um, there was a whole big hubbub about like they've completely turned that around. I mean, it may not be the most optimized, but nowhere near the issues it had on. Well, they removed release. it from Steam, didn't they originally? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was yeah. bad. Which it's, it's funny. It, uh, Iron that... Galaxy was the one who did the port, and they've now got a sore spot with a lot of gamers because of that. Mm-hmm. Understandably so. All right, we got some news, Carrick. 
we got some news. So let's get straight into that. We're talking about EA off the bat here in our news section. And, uh, you know, naturally they, <laughs> they didn't say anything good. So let's talk about that. Um, this article comes from vice.com. And pretty much the headline is all you need to hear. EA says loot boxes are just, quote, surprise mechanics, end quote. Now, this is a bit of old news. We understand that. But like I said, this actually came out on my birthday. Um, we totally understand that. But once again, we took the week off. So uh, this is something that we wanted to still discuss. Um, Fortnite developer Epic Games told the House of Commons that it does not operate a sweatshop where managers are standing behind people with weapons, forcing people to work as well. Um, so yeah, the pretty much EA and Epic Games got grilled for a bit, a good two and a half hours, according to a lot of these articles. Um, but yes, the the Kerry Hopkins, vice president of legal and government affairs for EA, said we look at them as surprise mechanics. So that's the official quote. What do you think overall? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> just so everybody knows, I I uh, DM'd him about his mic. It sounded it just there was a tiny bit of reverb. It was it's like so funny because I was like looking at my computer screen. I just see like a message pop up from you on my phone. I just like glanced down, and that's why I slowed down my reading and tried to keep. Oh, going. gotcha. Yeah, I I didn't want to bother you in the All, middle of it. No, um, you're good. All that effort for for us to just totally blow our cover. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I didn't want anybody thinking I was pulling something. Uh, I would say that it is weird because Rockstar, this is talking after the event, so EA says this, then a couple days later, Rockstar did an interview that was incredibly cogent about, like, how, you know, all microtransactions, Stadia, all the future of gaming and all this stuff, and it just dawned on me just how dumb one company can sound and how smart another one can sound Mm -hmm. and how smart a, a CEO at one place can sound. And... There, I'm not saying on our side. I'm saying intelligent in saying, listen, we don't know. This is what we want to do. you know. And it was weird to hear something that dumb come from somebody because, like, if you and I, if, if, if somebody was asked me for an interview, I would be prepared. But it sounds like when somebody says surprise mechanics, you're like, did he just make that up on the spot? There's no, there's no chance he said that rant. Like, how, yeah. how the fuck would you say something that dumb? Like, it's just a really stupid thing to say. It doesn't make any sense. I even said, we think the way we've implemented these kinds of mechanics is quite ethical and fun. They aren't gambling, and we disagree that there's evidence that show they lead to gambling. And when asked if they have no ethical qualms, they said, we have no qualms that they're implemented in an unethical way. So they, like, I doubt... Yeah, they double down. Yeah, they double down pretty much. Because we don't... To me, what that sounds like is this is what you have to say when you go out there. While we, we yeah. agree on one sense it's not scripted, they were told pretty much defend what mm. we're doing. No, they were definitely told that. I just mean it was dumb. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, like it, 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 me and my friends, you and your friends, could have come up with something more, uh, like, in a, in a better way to, to describe it. Well, I think because uh, it's almost like a, a wolf in sheep's clothing type of statement. Like, yeah. they're surprise mechanics. He's not only defending something that, you know, people have different opinions on, but he's also painting it as something great. By saying they're surprise mechanics. It's like, what does well, that like, actually mean? Well, and it's changed. I've, I've talked about this with game names lately, with like really bad names for games where they're just dumb. You're like, yeah. you know, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Rise of the This, Rise of the That, Shadow of the This, where they don't have a thesaurus with them. It seems like he had a thesaurus, and instead of calling something, let's say, microtransactions, it's tiny purchases, right? Yeah. But it's like, 
well, dude, if I have a thesaurus and look that up, micro transact like that and surprise mechanics, dude, seriously. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure out what that really means. It's just <laughs> a really terrible way of saying things. And four ninety nine buys you a thesaurus. Look it up. I mean, you could have even taken an ultimate team example and said, we know people love opening exactly. packs of cards, you know, when they were kids. And we believe that that carries on the legacy here in ultimate team. That's yeah, like all you right. got to fucking say. Like, yeah. Who the and, fuck and sat not, this guy down? I want to oh make God. sure nobody thinks that you're saying, cause you're not, um, neither one of us is saying like, they're awesome, but the way of saying things and it very minimum explaining like what you're th- like surprise mechanics explains nothing. But if you were yeah. to draw a comparison between baseball cards even though many of us wouldn't agree, you could still draw the comparison. You and uh, not Yu-Gi-Oh, um, Dragon, uh, Dragon Ball, your Dragon Ball cards, right? <laughs> and me and Mage Knight, or all that stuff. Like you can draw comparisons to a childhood activity that's now made digital, but that was it was just terrible, and it was like it was the one place where you would think people would have prepared. Yeah, and there was no Had the prep. most options. Yeah, there was no prep. It's like uh, two guys got together drinking and said, oh, Surprise Mechanics sounds like a perfect name. It, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't. They're also not mechanics. That's another thing that bothers me. That's true. How many microtransactions, Maddie? in all honesty, how many micros are mechanics? Like, very few. Unless I, I wouldn't start... even say they are mechanic. It feels like they're just their own entity within the product. Yeah, and a lot of... To me, a mechanic means... And this could just be me, but if you said the word mechanic to me, I would say crafting. Right, right. Crafting is a mechanic, right? But not a a cape. A cape isn't fucking a mechanic. Mm -hmm. And a weapon isn't really a mechanic. If a weapon has its own skill tree, then you're getting a little, you're certainly getting a little bit closer. But yeah, it's just, it's it's really embarrassing. Makes everybody look stupid. I know, right? Uh, Like some of the, the dirty laundry that got aired out, I'm reading right here. Epic explained that the responsibility of age verification um, is on the platform holders, not Fortnite. At a high level, we intend to collect the minimal amount of personal information, Penn said. We don't believe we need age to deliver what's been requested by the account holder. So, like, there okay. are also, yeah, it's... it's I apologize. No, 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 I'm just saying, I, it's, it's just interesting how all the places these conversations went. I think the major quote is surprise mechanics, but I, we want to shine a light on all the other shit that was actually coming out during this. And I think I disagree with you probably a little bit on, like, my belief of who is... No, actually, I think we do agree on who's ultimately in charge of, like, your kid's Visa card. Like, if somebody's in your purse stealing your Visa card. Oh, I'm totally on the side. If you've linked your credit card to your account and it's your kid's PS4, you're an idiot. Yeah. You're a fucking idiot. You're dumb. Because as a kid, I can tell you... It would. It has nothing to do with gambling or whatever. If there, if that free cash was there, I would have done some crazy shit with it. So, like, mm. I, I don't necessarily know how much um, is on them to start collecting fucking DNA and shit. Like, how yeah. far do you go? At yeah. some point, you're like, the account is valid. It's there. Um, I, I get protecting people, but at the same time, there is it. It goes both ways a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's, if you're my age, I feel like. Bit. I feel like. When you have access to that credit card, it looks like just an unlimited money chip. Because yeah. I remember my dad gave me a credit card. I used to play RuneScape all the time when I was a kid. He gave me his credit card to buy some gold online. So this was at a time I was like eight years old. I didn't know how to farm. We're getting rich in that game is actually pretty easy. But at the time, I didn't know how to do that. So I'd pay $4. Someone would sign into my account. They'd farm gold for right like yep. a, a day. I'd sign on. I'd have a mill. And I'd just go I out did it and spend with, that. I now. did it with WoW. Yeah. I know exactly. Yep. And so 
what I did one time was my I still had my dad's credit card information. I'm like, oh, this money, this just prints money. I spent like two hundred dollars on RuneScape shit, and you know, I like my dad flipped the fuck out, and like we got a refund. But like, what I'm saying is, if you're around my age, probably you have a story at some point in time where you got a hold of a credit card that wasn't supposed to be there. And uh, who, who does it fall on at that point? For me, it was like the information was saved in the computer. So it was kind of just me being like a, a doucher rather than my dad yeah, being right. like, I'm going to let you hold on to this or link it to an account. He would never do that. But, you know, I just feel like it's so common nowadays. Like, yeah, I, I feel like it, it does fall on the parents to to a, a most extent. Um, let's see here. Uh, is there anything else? Do you have do you agree that you have a duty to care about the to duty of care to the people who play your games? Um, if you're asking me if we have a duty to, of care under law, I can say that there's not a law yet, Hopkins said. Uh, I do think we have a duty to our players, and we take that responsibility very seriously, but legally, I don't think this is the place to discuss whether there's a legal requirement. And they said, we're the House of Commons. This is exactly the place. <laughs> I yeah. love it, man. They, they, were, they were fucking on fire. Um, yeah, man. Let's see what else we got here. And then they went on to talk about working conditions so I, I don't know what happened after that point there interesting but yeah ea and epic really uh got a fire lit under their ass quite interesting quite a surprise last week uh any any additional thoughts on that no i just think if somebody wants to see how somebody can intelligently talk about the future and talk about this kind of stuff the rock star um i can't remember his name i apologize but um, one of the, i think it was yeah um he did a he did a very Good. I'm not saying I agree with him in 99% of the stuff they do. I'm just saying that the intelligence of describing a situation mm-hmm. and understanding how to be eloquent about it and still explain stuff and still give, you know, Pull still argue a point. <laughs> yeah. Um, he showed, like, what you should act like. Because I think that, like, the intelligence of the discussions is one of the issues. If you switch the word around, you're you're making everybody look really dumb. Not just him. But then you're almost calling your players dumb. Oh, surprise mechanics. Oh, well, then that makes sense. That's why I buy them. Yeah. Surprise mechanics. Like, you, you lower the intelligence of everybody. So I'm a big believer in, in making things clear and understanding the proper wordage for stuff. And that was just not done in that entire interview. Like, reading yeah. it was really uncomfortable because he had to sit there. And then, like the guy saying, this is the House of Commons. Guess what? He shouldn't have fucking blurted out. I don't think this is the place, blah, blah, blah. You know, like... It is the place, obviously. So his answer should have been different. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe this guy's not... A, I don't know who it was. I as think he in, choked under pressure, it sounds like. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say, is it's almost like somebody who got there and was like, I, I've got it handled, and then once you get in there, you all... No, definitely don't yeah, have it handled. Fucking, I can't pull out. I got two hours Oh, I've done shit, that. Right? I yeah. mean, how many people has... If you'd, like, look at your normal life, like, get in front... You do martial arts. Mm. First time you do a belt. The, not the everybody audience. fails, <laughs> but dude... I had like five senseis and the senpai there, and they're just watching, and they're not smiling, right? They're not. It's not the happy go lucky. You can you. do it. They're studying every move, and you're all. I forgot how to push off of somebody. I forgot how to block. I forgot the basic step four. Like it happens. Yeah, it happens. It's like yeah, I only really have to do it, but you have to do it at your absolute best in that situation. Yeah, yeah. And also, those guys just need to stop fucking people over with microtransactions at the, mm-hmm. end, at the end of the day. Like, that that also matters. Yeah, I completely <laughs> just agree. Weird. It's too All bad. Right. Well, hopefully, uh, this is a wake-up call to them. We'll see. Yep, yep. Next, we've got a little bit more positive stuff. We've got the latest on Watch Dogs Legion. So you sent me a really neat article. 
and yeah, we're going to tab balls. through it together, kind of like we did with the surprise mechanics, because a lot of people like our, our sort of live interpretations where we brush over things and then afterwards uh, get into a discussion. So I'll let you get started because I need to bring it up right now. So go ahead and, so and fire away. So basically what this was, Game of Sutra, um, anybody who wants to understand development, this is the place to go. Yes, absolutely. It's insane. Like, it'll teach you more in... And it's the developers talking, so it'll teach you more in like five minutes than watching a YouTube video. It's it's crazy, but mm-hmm. basically, very thorough were, website. Yeah, and they were interviewing um, what the original creator of, of Watch Dogs Legions, or yeah, Watch Dogs Legions, and um, his name's Clint Hawking. And the first thing I picked up was he basically said three and a half years ago they started sort of working on the technology for this, and it's crazy it hasn't leaked, which makes sense because if you watch the E3 trailer, that looked way further along than a lot of people thought because the name Legion just came out, what was it, like two weeks prior to E3. Yeah, it came out. That's why I feel like it only supports that the leak may have been almost intentional because think about it. It went that long without being surfaced and all of a sudden it's out. Or it was a media company. Because they will yeah. do that, where they once more people know, then somebody there leaked it. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know, but I mm-hmm. I agree, it's totally possible. But what they did, one of the things was they talked. Um, they didn't talk about the mistake part of sort of how it created, but they sort of started to talk about how the NPCs were created, and it is incredibly interesting. Um, some of his own stories about what goes on in the game to just create the NPCs, and also the interesting fact that the NPCs are not solidified in who they are until you focus on them. So unlike a lot of games where they know every NPC in this game, you walk past a, like he talks about it in the thing, you walk past a gardener, he's just a gardener with a name, but once you focus on him and profile him, then he is locked into your game with whatever random generation they have. Also, they're locked in. So if the game decides I have a brother named Matt, Matt is now locked in as a character. I don't know his traits, but I know that Matt is a character and where he probably works. But the original character I locked in on gets solidified at that point as playable and gets solidified with their skills. And it is basically, the easiest way to describe it is an actual working version of the job system that was in Skyrim and in Oblivion, where they kept talking about, you can follow this guy from his, you know, he'll go drinking at night in an Mm -hmm. inn and he'll go here, but it never really worked because it's bethesda we can all agree you know it didn't necessarily plot out as well as as i think they had hoped and um with this game it sounds like it is like he even talks about playing a character for 12 missions after saving that guy's dad and then being a different character walking down the street and saw the character that he can choose to play with his dad going shopping at a store like awesome Dude, it was and it and he's like, listen, that's that's one of tons of stories you can talk to anybody at E3 who played it, and it's just to me, uh, I think solidifies that they might have something special here, especially after we've seen. Kind of seems like it. Yeah, you, we're we're looking at uh, an image in this in this interview that I had actually not seen before. I see like a team screen with all yeah. these people that they've acquired for the Legion. Uh, they're looking at naturally the old lady right now who has a pistol equipped. Um, and it says they have a 35% hack cooldown speed, limited mobility, because she's an old lady. Uh, she has a perk called Direct Control, which allows the engineer to enter turret mode while controlling a spider bot. And another is Spider Army, which allows the engineer to carry and display an extra, or, oh, I'm sorry, deploy an extra spider bot. And then there is a perk slot locked until level 15. So it kind of rewards you for 
sticking with these characters right. that are inserted into your Legion as well, which I found really interesting. My question, uh, as we kind of sift through what we've got here, is do you feel like procedural design is almost the future where we're going to see things like this where, where a lot of development resources will go into? For, for example, here, they'll get creative. They'll procedurally generate people you can play as in an open-world setting that are fully animated, voiced, a part of the story. But there's that almost unique hook where um, instead of it being like a side-scroller where you die and you, you come back to life as someone else, it's something like this where it's in an open-world setting and there's like a different skill set. Do you think like, I don't want to say this is the specific future, but do you feel procedural generation is going to play a much larger part uh, than we're used to, where it used to just be like those side-scrolling speedrunners? And that would be it. Yeah, yeah, because like State of Decay already does this with the skills. When you uh, when you ha- play State of Decay, your guys can die. Anybody can die, and the story right. just continues. Right. So all this is doing is sort of that. S- uh, Sinking City was a procedurally generated city, and um, then they Ooh, touched yeah, it up. Yeah, Sinking City. They couldn't. They didn't have the resources. So what they did is they built a system to build the city, and then they can go in and adjust them. And next month they're oh, releasing like the they... city builder for you. So you can make your own city and your own quests in that game next month. Wait, well, okay, well, I thought you were talking like Oblivion, where they procedurally generated the terrain and then built on top of it. You mean, wow, that city, everything, wow. Yeah. So, um, and and again, I didn't love the game, so uh, I gave it, I, I, I gave it a wait. Um, but that part of the game is is actually tremendous. That is not one of the problems. So yeah, I believe elements of procedural generation for sure will be. We also see them improving textures using AI in Oblivion, Skyrim. You know, we see the AI texture improvements. All of the stuff that can sort of slightly assist and be an extra arm will for sure be done. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things they announced in Legion, they're recording all the stories. And then what they're doing is they're using their own specially developed voice modulation system so that no character in the game sounds like anybody else, even if it's the same voice actor. Mm -hmm. And I use Fruity Loops, and I use a DAW called um, Ableton, which are for making music. And you can buy voice modulators. Right. And they're, pre- they're pretty good. But what they're using is something that actually not only voice modulates, but will put in pauses in different places. And so it sounds like a different person, even if it's all Troy Baker. Right? So gotcha. Troy Baker might record something, and then they'll pick and choose and say, okay, this guy's going to be Troy Baker as the basic voice, but we're making him older and we're slightly adjusting this. And this is sort of what I do all the time when I'm not reviewing games, is fucking around with tech. I've got like six voice changers on my PC right now. And those work okay. But one professionally made by Ubisoft probably works really well. Wow. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how good it sounds. But from what I understand, they're not making it so that we sound totally different. Because you and I still, we're still from America, right? So you've got that. Mm-hmm. You've got some similarities regardless. We're both males, so we sound a certain way. So those things, um, yeah, procedural generation is only going to help. Sound effects are procedurally generated a lot now. There's a lot of times where they'll take a bullet sound and they'll adjust it up or down tonally every time you fire so that Mm. it's slightly, you know, so when you fire, it doesn't go bang, bang, bang. It goes like bang, 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 bang. And you get a variation which causes the human ear to stay interested. So, yeah, I I think it's going to be a big deal. Nice. I wanted to read a little quote here. It's going to be a bit of a long one. Uh, the question I was asked is, what sort? Uh, what was the first sort of structure that you approach when building a game full of playable NPCs? 
So the answer is right. So when we first had the idea that you'll be able to play as anyone in the game, we had to, of course, bring in a bunch of major stakeholders, you know, the lead animators, lead programmers, and lead sort of engine architects, the lead audio guys, sound guys, and the lead writers, and start talking about, you know, breaking the problem down. Like, how are we going to cover all the pieces that we need to cover and make them all work together? I think the most important thing that we started working on pretty early was something we call census, which is a massive relational database that lives at the center of this simulation. Um, The most important thing about census is that it allows us to spawn NPCs in the world, uh, just like you do in many other games. But when you profile those NPCs, the uh, relational database, sorry, I think I said rational earlier, uh, is able to fill in the blanks on who they are and sort of generate them in real time and then make them persistent and keep them in the world. So if you see a groundskeeper trimming hedges in a park and he has a certain ethnicity, when you lock onto that person and profile them, he's going to have a name that reflects the ethnicity that you saw, and he's going to have an animation set based on how he was animating. He's going to have a job that stays that says groundskeeper, and it's going to be at a certain time. And then because he's a groundkeeper, he's going to make a certain amount of money, which means he's going to be allowed to live in a certain neighborhood. And because of his ethnicity, will navigate to a different part of the neighborhood, depending on where the different communities live within London. Then he's going to have certain friends and activities. Maybe he's an outdoorsy guy. He has an outdoor job. So he may be more fit and have a gameplay trait that reflects higher health or higher agility or something like that. All of these things are internally in sync and coherent so that every NPC feels real and credible. Then when you recruit them, they get their own narrative persona, their own voice, their own animations, their own fighting style. If they do melee, all of those things are, again, coherent with that guy you first saw trimming a hedge in the park when they were walking by and caught your eye for whatever reason. That is fucking awesome. Is that not awesome? That is absolutely awesome. Wow. Yeah, it's that's why I wanted you to read that because it's just like... Um, as somebody who wasn't in love with Watch Dogs 2 at all, uh, I wasn't really, I didn't really know how Legion was going to go. I was interested in it, but I'm certainly interested in the tech. And what's cool is it's not really crazily different than State of Decay. Mm-hmm. It's not. I mean, if you look at this, but one of the things that I like is where it's like, it's random pretty much <clears throat> till you zoom in. And then the game is like, all right, add, you know, Carrick to the database now as him. Right. And oh, Carrick does podcast with Maddie. And he, he does reviews, and then it's like, oh, how much does he get paid? He'll live here. And then what it does is make sure that not too many people live in that area. So from that point on, the next time you like go and look at somebody, it's like, oh, we've filled up this area of town, so mm-hmm. he can't live here. So we got to make sure his job is – I just love that. I think it'll be so fun. Even if it doesn't work perfect, to me, that's where a lot of the like weird – the, the cool living part of games can feel because a lot of people will say, oh, I – this game feels real because the ca- somebody wrote this character, but actually a lot of times that can also feel very static where you're like, I know this, this character is not going to have any shades of gray to him. This could have those things where you see him maybe be in a gardener, but then you're like, but he's got a, a mother who lives in this multi-million dollar mansion. Like what's going on? Mm-hmm. And you can investigate it and go, do they hang out? Like, <laughs> and you'll make the, you'll make the stories in your own head, which to yeah. me does not require the developer to always make those stories. I think it's it's phenomenal what they're doing. It's it's it reminds me of how I felt going into Moon Crash, where it, it was yeah. very much being sold like this is procedural generation, but it's on a triple A level where you're not going to have some of the things that I have issues with. Like I don't really like running through the same level. It doesn't excite me getting like a level two sword versus a level one. 
Uh, that's not the stuff I care about, but when you start to see, like, different enemy encounters or different personalities yep. being generated, it, it kind of creates my own story, despite us all living in the same world. I think that's awesome, because it, it, it fuels what, uh, in a strange way, games have become popular with, which is, like, spreading stories through word of mouth. Uh, whether, yeah. you know, you're talking to someone like we're doing right now, or on social media with photo mode and what have you, uh, it's, it's fantastic to see. So, um, for those who actually also don't know... Um, the person who is, let me get the name first. Uh, what is the name of the, the person who's working on this game? Legion's announcement. Okay. Far Cry 2 creative director, Clint Hawkins. That's sorry. Yeah, Clint Hawkins. I wanted to point out that he worked on Far Cry 2 though, which I thought was, uh, a solid game for its realism. You know, I like, think most people think Far Cry 2 is probably the best Far Cry. That's usually what you hear. Even though I, I feel don't... like I always hear three. I, I think it depends on the group you're talking to. I would yeah. agree that I like 3 better, but I hear a lot of... I think 3 wins because of its villain. But 2, people loved, like, all the weird, you know, like tech diseases going you could on. get. You could, yeah, like, I hated it. bullets out with but, a knife. Yeah I, yeah, I didn't like it, but I was way young when I tried it. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's exciting to see that type of name rejoin Ubisoft and this being the game he was working on for so long. Um, I'm even looking at, like, a picture right now of him looking at someone on the street and it says like he was held uh in contempt of court he has 50 percent plus non-lethal damage um it says he has 40 percent longer arrest times so i guess people yeah. on your team can get arrested and then you you can either maybe break them out or presumably just they so stay you know, there for a certain time all those people on that you're seeing on the picture mm-hmm. up in the left hand corner all those people are fast travel points so the game basically has fast travel with subways and transit, but also anybody you've chosen wow. in this top 25, I think that's 20, no, it's 20, it looks like 24. Any of those 24 NPCs, those main NPCs are like your main guys. 20. You can still, 20, I apologize, you can no, still get more. Um, but what that is, is those are all fast travel points, just like the three in GTA five. Mm-hmm. So in GTA five, you could fast travel to Trevor and he'd be puking in a corner somewhere. Um, you could fast travel to anybody, any of those three here. It's the same exact thing. Yeah. So, except there's more. Yeah. Anyway, that's the latest on watchdogs Legion, uh, highly recommended ladies and gentlemen, even though we kind of skimmed over the article here, uh, go and give Gamma Sutra a click like Carrick yeah. said, and like I supported, one of the few sites that, that very much teaches you about the inside of game developments. And if you don't believe me, here's a perfect question. I'm not going to read the response, but a perfect question to highlight. Like, these are people very familiar with game development. I just got to find it here real quickly. Uh, where was it? Hold on. What is a way to work in a procedural design space without finding yourself deep in the weeds, trimming each individual procedural experience? What lets you work at its core and uh, of it and intentionally design things for the player to see? Like, that's a very, like, trained yeah. question. That's a trained question, in my opinion. Sorry, I took an extra second to find. But, uh, yeah, so give them a read, give them a click, support their site, keep these types of good sites around. They need your support. And now, let's have a discussion. Carrick, we're going to talk about... Watch or not watch dogs. Sorry, my phone's giving me some serious trouble. D- uh, judgment in Sinking City. Let's hear it. You play so cover of judgment these. first. Yeah, I'm most curious about that. I feel like okay. uh, Sinking City is exactly what I expected, which was going to be a you know a hit or miss game. Um, but I'm still interested in hearing about it. So, 
Judgment is a spinoff of the Yakuza series. How yeah. much does it play into it? I know it's in Camarocho, which was kind of like my turnoff. It, it was like, okay, they're using the same world space. How many times can I retract the same grounds from zero to one, or Kwame one to Kwame two, and now Judgment? So I want to start off with that. What 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 does the world space do to grab me versus what's offered in all the other Yakuza games? I would say not a ton. Um, right. Not a ton. It. It, what it does is, I'm trying to think of a game that you know uh, that would fit this, but basically it really is playing the opposite side of the coin of against the Yakuza, because you're the cops. So it's like, it, it it's... Um, imagine you were playing Vampire and you were a vampire hunter, or whatever, and you played the entire game as the vampire hunter. I mean, that's pretty much what you mm. do in Judgment, is you're a cop... Or sorry, your private like, investigator. We have a game. I actually the one I suggested earlier, like Sleeping Dogs, where kind of playing the cop, good cop, bad cop, almost is fun. So does it toy with that a little bit? In the in the narrative, but not necessarily what you not necessarily. Well, there's a couple times actually. There are a couple missions where you can choose to sort of like not necessarily turn somebody in but overall it, it is more of a drawn out story like yakuza it definitely right, which, basically which is what i expected yeah you're so you're a ex um lawyer and you lost you you succeeded in a case this is not like spoilers you succeeded in a case that then turned out to probably be like you were on the wrong side so you end up becoming a private investigator instead and you explore the you explore the same overall locations, but dude, it's so hard to describe. And I think it points out the strength that you are in a lot of the same locations, but it just doesn't matter because the it's different. The interactions are different. Yeah, and they, okay. you're still doing missions, but you're like so. Sometimes you'll track somebody with a camera, and you try to take a picture of them cheating on their wife, and then the next time wow. you're doing an investigation. <laughs> In like you're doing an investigation in some corner area where a murder happened and you're looking at things. The cool thing okay. about this is those are then taken and you use them later. So let's say you go to a murder investigation, you investigate this where this body is. Then later you'll go and talk to somebody and they're like, no, I wasn't there. And you're all really? And you'll bring up the pictures you took. And you can say, and in your mind, you'll see this purple writing that'll say, I need to prove he was there. And you have, like, four examples of pictures you took, and one of them proves, like, on a camera, he was there. And you're like, oh, really? And, you know, you show the camera to him. So and is this... I'm trying to think of a game that lets you miss evidence. I don't think there really are many. Maybe Sinking City, you, actually. But uh, is it like Dang and Rampa, where they're like, collect evidence, but it's really, like, you're going to have everything at your, at your fingertips? You are, you are most likely going to have everything. There are a okay. couple times okay. where you can... And you can certainly fail... Um, but there are, most of the time, it's more of, I want to tell a story than it is a uh, sandbox. It's not like a GTA where you can just fucking run around and, you know, I mean, you can still get in a fight with thugs, obviously, and that kind of <laughs> shit, which still surprises me because this dude, he looks like Sonic the Hedgehog hipster version. His tight pants, his fucking super shine, super, super like spiky hair, kicks the shit out of everybody. At some point, you'd think they'd call each other and say, dude, don't pi pick a fight with this dude who looks like Sonic the Hedgehog. Because you just kick the shit out or, of hey, everybody. Or, hey, don't ambush the cop on the middle of the road. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, what are you fucking doing? Um, But there's a lot of goofiness and dumb shit to to it, too. Uh, I mean, I liked like it. like the side quests? Yeah. Um, it, well, it's not... Oh, sorry, I mean bad. Uh, not oh. in the goofy way you mean. Um, oh. In fact, I like the more serious tone this takes. Okay. The jokes are more... 
at your your making expense of the world. Remember in Yakuza, sometimes like you're just like there'll be something goofy on screen screen, and the joke is showing your face as the main character. Like what? Like yeah. what am I seeing? A, a guy dressed like a baby? Like sometimes in, it's just idle animation is hilarious given the context. Exactly, and in Judgment, okay. it is far more. It'll be something that's actually occurring, and he's making the joke, or somebody around him is making the joke. But it's far more serious. It's definitely more serious um, in the story. No, what I mean by bad is, dude. Like the A, you follow people, and it's fucking man, dude. It's so bad. The AI. There'll be a guy like six feet in front of you. He turns around. There's ten people walking with you down the street, but for some reason he thinks you're suspicious. So you mm-hmm. sprint into the bicycle rack, you send bikes flying, you do a backflip, you end up hiding, and then he's like, oh, okay, well, that's normal, and then keeps walking. <laughs> like, and you're all, but you found me following you, like, 20 feet behind with a group of people abnormal, but you found this, like, normal? Yeah, you get that dissonance okay. that, that pops okay. up. Um, and we'll so the AI is not great, and then um, one of the worst parts that bothered me to no end was you take these pictures, and I'll be like, you need to make sure in your picture you have the following five things assign this character doing oh, this, this char- so you but like you're it's not like a natural like oh my god a picture like you gotta frame it just right it's it's even worse because it does sound effects to tell you if you have everything so you'll be walking forward trying to get this picture and i'll be all bing 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 i mean i had a recording of like two solid minutes trying to get this one picture right and it was just it was annoying, like to my ears, where it's like big, 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 because like somebody would walk in front of me, and ah. it would then say, "Oh, you don't have it." Um, luckily, there's not a ton of those missions, but there's enough that I brought it up in the review. And gotcha. then um, fighting system still just as good. I love that you can switch martial arts, so you have two. You have a multi-person martial art, and then I'm gonna fuck up this one-person martial art. Like you know, um, they always toy with that because in the first they Kiwami, always do. They yeah. had like four different styles. One was more of a brawler. One was more fast strike, one was average, and then um, there was another one, I forgot. Um, and then Kwame 2 seemed to sort of streamline it. Yeah, I and, think Kwame 2 had two, right? Yeah. Because this, Zero had zero of that, I think. And I, if I remember right, Six may not have had any, but this one has two. It is a repeat of another one, I just don't remember yeah, which one. Yeah, it's really weird, because I always thought Kwame 1, I liked the variation of all the moves you could have throughout those four different styles. Um, so it's... Yeah, this doesn't... It doesn't... Well, I mean, it's got a lot. Well, the other issue I have with Kwame 2's uh, combat system, and, and you can tell me if Judgment has this, it, does it have, like, this certain environmental finishes that you could do in, in previous... Yeah. Okay, so one thing I had a problem with in Kwame 2 is, like, I unlocked all of those finisher moves. Like, all of them. That's, like, where I spent all the uh, experience points or whatever you call them right, right off the bat. And what I noticed was they were they were very circumstantial, and I'd end up seeing the same one quite a bit because some of the new ones were very hard to trigger despite all the fights I'd get into. Do you have a similar thing here, or, or do you yeah, feel like they're you're... a little easier to pull off where, where you're going to be seeing a lot of variation just based off the world build? I think there's less variation for sure. And then... Because like, uh, some of them are like, have a flower pot in your right hand against a brick wall. It's like, when the fuck am I going to do Yeah, this? and when you're buying skills in this one, there's a lot of skills for sure. And they're based okay. on, uh, com- uh, what was it? It was um, combat, I can't remember the other term, and then technique. And there's a good number of skills, and you have to buy one, two, three in them as well. So you have to get the first one to get the second one to get the third one. There wasn't as many like combat moves that you were unlocking. There were some. But there, there, a lot of them were weird ones, mm-hmm. really weird ones. Like, um, 
there was one that oh so you have a set of keys in the game unlock different things and you collect keys so like you'll steal a key from somebody collect a safe whatever but when you go to open up the safe it'll say which key belongs to that safe Mm. which sounds okay except there's a skill that will say highlights the right key which seemed like a sort of a wasted it was it was like well dude you should have either never let me do that and i had to do something visually or you should have just had it be nothing and have it done um but it's weird when a game does that yeah, at the same time, I would say it's certainly... I like it better than any other Yakuza game I've ever played. Wow. Um, yeah, crazy. the story is way fucking good. I finished the first chapter, got into the second, and I was telling one of the guys in the Discord, I'm like, dude, if this ended right now, most people would probably say it was worth getting. Because they're that long. The game is long. If you want 100% it, it is going to be... Oh, well, 100% versus the actual but, story. But here's... Well, the story is probably longer too, but I mean, the 100% in this game feels far more organic to me than the, I don't know why, but I was looking at like what you needed to do and I'm like, you know what? There's a lot of, and all the side quests are really cool. So Hmm. you get side quests normally and then the game will be like, go to this bartender, you go to the bartender, this is where you've met a couple times and then suddenly it'll say, oh, go back and talk to the bartender and you go back and talk to him and he's like well you can now get underworld jobs from me here and so now you've got your private investigator jobs and your sort of shady ones here and then you can get some others over here and then you have the smiley face the relationship quests uh-huh. and <laughs> in what i like what i liked about this and i could not remember if this was done in kwami too somebody said it was but for some reason i don't remember it done the same way if you walk up to somebody they don't it's it's unlike Skyrim, where you're like, they give you a high five, you're brand new, and they're all, go mm-hmm. save my daughter. Mm-hmm. And you're all, okay, that's a little odd. Mm-hmm. In this one, you um, you have to do multiple things sometimes to get them to unlock that quest. So you might buy some food from them, then come back once, buy some more food, and then suddenly you come back and they're like, Karakson, you know, hello. And you're all, oh, you know me? And they're like, yeah, we always watch, or like, we always love good customers. And they're all, by the way, meet me outside. And that's when you get the quest. Some are instant, but a a good number of them, you have to do one or two things, which, for whatever reason, hit me more with this one. Somebody said that that was actually done in one of the other ones, and I just don't remember the requirement being there, I guess, if that makes sense. So you could correct me. I, I, no, I recently played Kiwami 2, and there was very few times you had to do something before to unlock another, unless, it was, a, unless it was a quest line where you had to complete part one to get to part two. Which yeah, no, this sense. is just the side. Yeah, this is just the side ones, and it's not. I mean, something I kind of like so- that because it has. Oh, I loved it. Go to different parts of the world and do things yeah. naturally, and then the quest becomes, like you said, more organic. So it yeah, it's not the high you five. Up. You're brand new in Skyrim, so I'm gonna have you kill the dragon. You know, instead, yeah. it's like do a couple things, and then you sort of are known. In fact, Rage Two, I talk about you know beating the single player first before you explore Rage Two, because then it feels like you've done something. And everything else makes sense. Yeah. A lot of that's replaced here. But uh, again, with Judgment, dude, I just like the story more. I do. Mm. Like, I like the solid, more laid-back, or more down-to-earth story. I don't think other people may agree. I know a lot of people really like Judgment. But for me, it's just, it was it was much grittier. And it was like nice. serial killers and murderers and trying to figure out who does what, going to the prison and talking to them on the phone and being like... Well, you said you were doing this, but you, you know, and you're trying to figure out who's telling the truth. I, I loved that. I, it was just, 
I, dude, I sat, I played 22 hours the first day I got it. Yeah, 20. Yeah, no, the first, first day I got it, played 19, slept for six, and then played, because it was Sinking City, I played 20, uh, 23, and then played like 13 the next day, just sitting there doing like random shit. It was so, it was just really engaging, much more engaging than the Yakuza games, which I like. I like them right. a lot, but this one just grabbed me. Nice. Yeah, I personally just been playing DMC5. Good game too. Very good game. I, I I was surprised. I haven't unlocked Dante yet. But I'm on chapter ten. Oh, so you're yeah, you're you're not you're not even like halfway, halfway through then. Yeah, I think that is the halfway point. I remember seeing like twenty, uh, I almost said trophies, twenty missions. Dante, how many people do you have playable? Two. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry, reverse then. So you already you unlock what's his name first. V, you uh, unlock Nero then V. Yeah, Skinny Danzig. Okay, gotcha. I've, okay. I fucking love V. I think he is the coolest. He's my favorite shit one ever. Yep. I, I, not only that, but I thought it was so awesome in a game that's very known for getting up and shooting your gun and using your sword that he's like a puppet master. Yep. Absolute yep. stroke of brilliance. Like some people yep. were when I was streaming it were like, yeah, I'm not like a huge fan of the play style. I think it's kind of weird. I'm like, I love it for that very reason. It feels very awkward at first, but once you get the hang of it and you start. Because it has a pacing to it, a little more methodical yeah. approach compared to Nero or I'm assuming Dante, where it's very in-your-face and action-oriented. Um, mixing in uh, air dodges with Nero and and uh, and, and like uh, and like dodging at the same time. I, I just, holy shit, man! Yeah, like the bird game. cracked me up. His his partner. Oh like, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's so sarcastic, such a dick. And that character is really cool looking too i actually liked him way better than the other oh absolutely that's why i was sold on his aesthetic right away he's just walking around reading poems and he's got tattoos Mm -hmm. he's very edgy his his battle lines like yeah it's right up my alley i was like yeah this guy's instantly my favorite uh really really cool and he he carries the narrative i feel he's like i know like devil may cry is not known for its story but my interest is not in like what's happening with dante and nero i'm like what's he gone through what's his investment here I think he's he's the best character in that game so far. Also, the hottest shopkeeper in humanity. <laughs> what in the like? I, dude, even like, you I know, got, yeah. I think it's funny how geeky she is. She's, but dude, come on, she's typical <laughs> geek. Uh, what's the term? Fantasy. Like, oh, I yeah. mean, come the fuck. On. Like the first time she shows up, even my wife was like, "What the." fuck i was all i know man like that shit's ridiculous like that was it was insane um but but i think their their look in the cutscenes and stuff is like is really just really good the only thing i didn't like i told you was the i don't like that i know where every battle's gonna happen regard there's not a single time that you don't know a blood wall is gonna come down like you go to a junction and you're like fights happening yeah i just I, I feel like I was very surprised. I thought the game was going to be very open. I was surprised how linear it was oh. in a pleasant way because I I am one of the few, I, from what I've seen online, that likes Ninja Theory's Devil May Cry. I, oh, I right. loved its... You know, mind you, ladies and gentlemen, I, I played DMC1 and I dabbled a little bit in 3. Uh, so, so take my opinion as you will, but... I love the mixture of like having, I think it was the angelic chain that pulls them towards you... Or I think it's you pull pull yourself to them, and then the hell chain which pulls them to you, um, and to see that level of linearity and, and design being carried over into DMC five, it just felt right. I think mm-hmm. you know it's something we always talk about. There are certain games that 
you know, should be open world or try open world um, and making it fit, but Devil May Cry wasn't one of them. So I'm happy where they expanded was in the terms of playable characters, combos. Yeah. I've heard New Game Plus is great, which I have yet to get to, obviously. Um, I was very happy to see that type of stuff being their focus. Um, you know, secret areas, if you call it, you press L1, you call in that giant thing as V, like you can break down a wall and you can get little collectibles and there's branching paths on the levels. I'm happy that's where they put their resources. That was that was my favorite shit. Also, I don't know why I liked it so much, but I just like watching the other character in the split stories, in the split mm-hmm. uh, chapters where you can start choosing who you play. You can see your other character fighting in mm-hmm. the in the level. Like you'll look down and see Nero and you're just like that's sort of cool, you know. I, like, I have yet is... to do that yet. I only had oh, one point the where, like, where, we, where we met and we mm. fought like a, a horde of enemies together, and they like turned up this fucking amazing music. It was yeah, it was yeah, wild. good battle music. Yeah. What really did you good. think about the um, uh, returning? Because I'm not a huge fan of this part of the game. Returning to that boss guy, I don't even yeah. remember his fucking name. I, I actually uh, was I'm on the fan, headset bro. with my friends, and I was like, I don't like this because I hate when games start off with the final boss. Like it's clear as day. Like he might evolve yeah. into something different, but I hate when games start with the final boss. I like a mystery or a little bit of like a carrot dangling like oh is is you know something going to change here but then revisiting him once more in the middle of the game and presumably the next time we come to him is at the end i i feel like it was almost padding in a way yeah um because yeah. they're like trying to just like keep you revisiting to keep the game going because ultimately it's like what a six eight hour game like it's not i might be shortening it a bit but but from what i've gathered based off the time i've put in i'm halfway through uh, and, and some missions are just a single fight, and then it's over. Um, very fun. Easily going to replay it, given its length and also my interest in it. Um, one of my favorites of the year so far. Uh, really, really enjoying it. You know, when I'm away, it's it's. I always tell people this on the podcast. When I'm away from it, you know, I want to go and play it. I think of it. Yeah. So that's when you know you got a good game. And, uh, you know, like I'll have that rush when I finally sit down with the controller in my hands and know, like, all right, I'm going to play DMC5. So... Uh, really good game, but let's talk about Sinking City because I had, I'm sorry I interrupted you. I had yet to let you get into that. So that's the other bigger game you reviewed. We had a bit of a discussion before on um, a couple of episodes ago, and you mentioned some mechanics. I remember being really interested, but as time went on, I, I sort of expected this to land in the uh, you know average to good range for most folks, um, and so. Sadly, this is the one I, I didn't have a chance to check out your review for. So where do you stand on, on Sinking City? Yeah, it's definitely waiting. Um, it's weird because, it, it, dude, it feels like Vampire. Like, there's no denying really? even a couple locations right. it it evokes. You're just like, okay, it's definitely going for Vampire. In a good um, way, or is it like, a, I've, I've been no, here before? No, in a good way. Okay. Um, like, the, the story mission stuff and the characters are fucking awesome awesome some mm. of them and the the shit that's going on beneath the surface in that game class issues with um the different like sort of monsters i guess you call them for cthulhu in that yeah game. Like i saw apes in some gameplay or yeah something dude, like that. ape humans i don't know it's so cool because they all have something to do with hp lovecraft's like short stories because there was an ape uh dunwich horror i think had a uh, ape man i can't remember but it's so cool because he's all highfalutin, you know, all British, mm-hmm. and he's like, we have pure blood. And your character's looking at him going, no, no, you definitely don't. And <laughs> it's cool because you can say that. You can be like, what's with your face, dude? And you can hit that button. The only problem is you don't say it. 
like you expect. It reminds me like of L.A. Noir, where you'd be all innocent. You press the button, but what your character said was like, that's not really what I meant. Mm. That actually happens here a couple times. Um, but basically what it is is uh, there's a cataclysmic flood in a city. It's a city that um, so you've been having these weird nightmares, and you go to a psychiatrist who tells you that it might be connected to this illness in the city. You go to the city, it's had a huge flood, so it's flooded like the lower class areas, which is why you're on a boat in those areas. Okay. And uh, atmospherically, dude, it's awesome. It also shows that unlike... Um, we happy few you can do procedurally generated locations without looking like a boredom fucking simulator like we happy few was like hey go forward go right like it's every funny because is- we happy few's world design almost is the the pinnacle of what joy actually was like this initial rush and straight, then you just yeah. come straight down like it really kind of creepy perfectly- when you think about it <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the city is the most cluttered city like you'll probably ever see in a game. There's shit everywhere. Um, there's like, in the swamped areas, there's like barnacles up the side. There's like an orca in the ground, and there's, uh, you know, a giant shark bite through it. There's shit eating it. You know, so like this is procedural generated? But, it, yeah, so the city is, which is what they'll be given in a month when anybody can create their own city and make their own missions. Um, the city is, and then what they did was they created a city they were happy with and then went in and touched it up by hand, which is what We Happy Few basically does. It's like, here's a city, okay. and then we touch it we touch it up by hand. Um, but and I have story, no pro- sorry, I don't mean to keep interrupting you. I'm just trying to get, so I understand this right. So, world is procedurally generated, story and characters preset. Yep. Almost. Okay. Yep. okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And then the big hook to this game is you don't. So most games you say, I want to go to a missionary and a waypoint pops up. This game does not do that. And it's brilliant. It basically requires you to look at the map and identify like crossroads. So you'll read a, a thing and a, some lady will be like, I was walking down Buford Street towards Fifth and Harrison when I heard a ghost or I saw what looked like a ghost in the street. So you'll then open up your map, have to find it in the district, and then you put a waypoint. But the cool thing about a human waypoint versus a computer waypoint is it won't be perfect. So you then go to that cross street and you're sort of like looking around going, all right, which building might be the right one? Then you find what you think is the right one. You do your your quest in it. What's cool about it is I can remember even after fucking over two god or over 20 hours playing that fir- that first time sitting down i can still remember the very first building i ever investigated because i had to do it there was mm-hmm. no waypoint to it so my brain got that burned in and it was like and every time i'd pass by this building maddie i'd be like haha i remember when i killed mm-hmm. that dude in there and that happens with every place and cool. by the time you're done you've got all these waypoints tons of missions and you've done them you've actually identified where they are in the game world um and what you're doing is it's mostly investigation uh a lot of stuff with sanity combat not very good um combat yeah i was really caught off guard when i saw guns yeah it's really rough um it's unfortunate sanity system is amazing it's got one of the scariest sanity systems i've ever seen it makes call of cthulhu look like the crap it really is but basically you'll be fighting let's say creatures and if your sanity gets too low, they do this thing where they take an MPEG, like a video of, of a transparent monster leaping towards you, and it looks like a vision. So you'll be like in this dark room, there's all this shit, sound going on, and suddenly you see, an, you see like this creature, it skirts off, that's real, but then your brain starts to freak out. And so you'll see 
a creature leap out at you, but it's like mm. just slightly transparent. And so you're all, what the fuck? And then you go, oh, no, that's not real. That's like this character seeing this vision. And it go, it gets so bad that like sometimes he'll be wobbling. He'll like pull his gun out, put it to his head and cock the trigger. And you're like, dude, is he going to commit suicide? Like mm, what's happening? Wow. Um, you can get rid of sanity issues by taking uh, a chemical. But the cool thing is hard, medium and, and easy will adjust how you get back your sanity. So you can make it super hard or you can make it very easy to get back your sanity. Well, um, as if it like maxes out, is it just like... If it maxes out, you go insane, you fall, you basically go unconscious, and then you're shipped back to the insane asylum. And then you have a whole story around that, too. So wow. you even have to find your stuff. You have to talk to a guy. He's like, oh, somebody brought you in, and then that sort of opens up its own little baby adventure as well. Wow. So, um, but it, dude, it's it's so cool. The problem is, it's got the worst fucking random npc city generator i've ever seen in years hmm. it's everything you never want to see they bump into shit they get caught they walk to dead end alleys i i filmed some of my film is at the end of the game where uh like 12 people in a row in an eight minute section all piss on the same trash can because they all obviously they're being triggered by the same and of course i had to capture that i put it in my video but like the guy's yeah. just pissing all over the trash can. He gets, he walks away. The next guy goes. You can see his AI go, and then go pee on. The, you like you can yeah. see it trigger, like a, um, like a doll almost. <laughs> yeah, and what sucks is Maddie is when you first get into this game, it's gorgeous. Just for a second, you have some bad animations for sure, J some janky stuff. But the special effects are very high, so it's like low budget in some mm -hmm. places, very high in others. And you see all this, and you're like, whoa, this is cool. And then after this is why i always say you really want to play a game for a while because i had people going like oh i love it i'm two hours in and then right away at four hours they're like oh okay yeah i sort of see which and that's exactly what happened three hours in four hours in the cthulhu mythos i love it i love the npcs the the fucking talking back and forth voices are pretty good aside from the main character he's a little wonky and then it just starts cloying on you. And it's it's mostly the NPC system. It's mostly the world. They tried to add atmosphere, but they added too much. It, it, in fact, it's almost like you and I doing a procedurally generated area and leaving the shit. And they should have gone in and somebody should have said, do we need a flipped over car in the middle of the road right here? Does this make sense? And they didn't. And so sometimes you'll walk by and there'll be like a car, a boat, a fucking 55-gallon drum with, do with bums around it, and that looks cool at first, but at the 33rd time, and when you're 20 hours in, you're like, please, God, just clean up the streets a little bit. Would somebody go and pick up some shit? It's um, almost like their playtesting went for a couple of hours versus the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's good, dude. I mean, it's it's really enjoyable. I gave it a wait for a sale when I think a lot of people might have rated it lower because it's, it's only at 65 to 70 on meta. It's not very high. So is Call of Cthulhu. But um, I would say... If you can play it and ignore that weird shit, dude, the the mission system, the lack of, of waypoints, as long as you pick the right difficulty, because I think on the easiest difficulty, they will show up in some place. Uh, it is fucking So it's kind of awesome. like Assassin's Creed Odyssey where you have the investigative mode and yeah. then the... Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. And like when that. you read those things, dude, it's so cool. Because, like, as the game goes on, suddenly, you won't just get one hint. You'll need three. So you'll get one sit, one street, and then you're on that street. Then you'll find something. You'll get the other street, and you have to start looking in your hints and go. And, dude, there's main missions where you don't know where to go. Like, you'll be all, what the fuck? Like, 
what am I what am I doing wrong? And then you go, oh, I can go to the city council and look up. You take your hints. You go to the council, the library, police department, a couple other places, and you can go to the back and use their like research. And it'll be like you have to look at your hints and line up your research and then do a search to find the answer you're looking for. So you're like going through the library, looking for people who checked out the Necromicon, which is uh, like an ancient book in the H.P. Lovecraft mythos. Okay. And you'll figure it out, and you'll be like, oh, it's Arthur, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, but where is he in the city? I have no clue. And then you have to go to the city council area and look him up and find him and find his house and where he is and then go there. Gotcha. Um, it, it's very cool. It's very cool. And there is a lot of change. You can certainly have a different playthrough. If you choose to do some things and I choose to do other things, you will definitely have a different ending. There are multiple endings. Nice. So, Always yeah. like to hear that. All yeah. right. With Definitely all that said, it's time for probably the longest section of our show this week. So we have about three weeks, I'd say, of patron questions oh, shit. stacked up. So it's time we give them their due and get into it. So uh, here we go. Pop it open the Discord. Uh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to flick a buck, you can be a part of the show too. All it costs you is a dollar a month. You join the patreon you join our discord and you can be part of our fun little community here okay we're gonna start all the way back on june 10th robin asks are prices for collector's edition starting to get out of control which i believe is in response to the final fantasy 7 which is 330 dollars without tax Accounted for yet. <laughs> for the audio listeners, characters, char- I say character, Carrick is maniacally staring at the floor. In I just disbelief. can't believe that price. I thought they were going to say the Necromicon edition of Sinking City because that was 79 and I thought that was high. Hmm. I see. It, it goes back and forth because, like, Persona Q2 was a DS game and then they had, like, a collector's edition that came with a bunch of fun little shit and it was only $20 more. I'll admit, right. though, look, I, I've committed my, my collector's edition sins. I bought the Final Fantasy 15 one. Rest in peace. I was really excited for that game, and I uh, spent like 300 on it, which you know, really hurt. Yeah, really hurt. Because <laughs> now I'm not like not huge about the game. I love Noctis, so I got his like cool little uh, figure but, character or figure. Yeah, yeah, and he just chills next to all my other shit. But uh, in answer to your question, Robin, I would uh, agree yeah. that sometimes it gets pretty out of hand because what happens is we're seeing now collector's editions just be so- being sold without the game. I think the fun is celebrating the game alongside stuff of the universe being brought to life. Yeah, That's why you right. know, they call it a collector's edition. People want to collect the cool stuff for the franchise they care about, and part of that should be the game, not buy the game and get the collector shit separately. That's I a think. loot box, Maddie. Yeah, Come exactly. On. That's exactly. a loot box. Yeah. And that's just bullshit. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, copious. I should have said that stuff is poopy. I don't want to get us demonetized. I oh, dude, fucking, we dropped I an F-bomb I... within, like, the first two minutes. We're fine. I Probably not we. Probably me. <laughs> I apologize. Oh, oh, you're good. You're good. You're good. Kobe Did we asks... get the last one demonetized? Oh, no. No, last Wait. one was good. Last one was good. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I want to interrupt you more. Okay. Continue. No, you're good. Kopi has asked me. Carrick, feel free to answer. Kopi, we can't, can't ostracize people on this show. Yeah. What are you doing, you... man? What are your thoughts on the new Animal Crossing title? I recall you saying the games never really oh. interested you, but this one seemed to be more survival-based, which I'd assume would grab your interest a little bit. So, uh, when, when it comes to Animal Crossing, 
I don't know. First of all, the voices fucking annoy me. I don't know how any human can tolerate that noise that Tom Nook makes. That like holy shit! It's something from fucking hell. It is absolutely satanic. I can't believe that people did that or whatever. Yeah, that ukulele or whatever. Yeah, that game did it. I I would rather just be a silent text box. Just just it's a DS game. Let me read it. And when I saw them breaking it back in the the new one, I was like, no, I'm not interested. Um, I don't know. I I feel like the game's up my alley in the terms of you guys know I like my almost Sims experiences, building something from the ground up, or civilization. But um, something about Animal Crossing, when I played New Leaf, I think it was called on the 3DS, um, it just didn't... It didn't get its hooks in me. And I think I just need a fresh start. I'm I'm open-minded to the one on the Switch. Also because my girlfriend will not stop telling me I have to play it. She's obsessed Mm -hmm. with Animal Crossing. So I'm playing it whether I like it or not. Because I've certainly forced her to play games that I know she wouldn't have otherwise tried. So, uh, you know, I must I must still give it a shot. But I will say that the game does not appeal to me for... I, I don't know if it's aesthetically. Um, I feel like we also know pretty much nothing about this game. So there's nothing to be interested about. And I also have been saying this a lot lately that the game comes out, like, what, next March? There's so much shit between now and then that, I'll, that no. I, I care yeah. about. I'd, I'd, I'll wait till the beginning of 2020 to start giving a shit about Animal Crossing, personally. Do you care about Animal Crossing, by the way? I I would, but I don't know anything about this one. As in, I would I'll, I would check it out or something like that. But yeah, okay. I don't know anything about this one, so yeah. that's a good question for you. Bearded Panda says, with ProZD confirmed for the voice in of Flack in Borderlands 3, what franchise and character type would y'all like to do a voice actor for? Hmm. Wow. I'd like to be in a Persona game, like one of your side characters. I don't want to be the MC, but I'd like to be, because I don't think I have like this epic voice, but you know, if I could be like your nerdy best friend or something like that, you know, one of the major companions that you, you, you can do social links with, I'd be about that. That's where, I, that's where I'd love this to do. Any game? Any, any game. I, man, I don't know. I, I loved Trevor in GTA 5. Like the fucking just the nasty. Like I don't know why. <laughs> I wouldn't want to change myself and try to be like all you know, pip pip gentlemen. Mm-hmm. So probably some redneck horrible person in in the woods somewhere. <laughs> I don't really have any idea. I don't really even want to do that. Do you? I know you had tried to do. Didn't you uh, sample some voice act or, or or wasn't there like an open call for voice acting a long time ago when we were I, first met? I definitely want to expand my career to voice acting for sure. Oh, That's okay. like something I've did, like officially decided to do. I need to take voice classes, of course. I think I have a trained voice, but not in the terms of like altering it for a role. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's something I've always wanted to do. And it, it, what you're referring to is Oddworld Soulstorm. Which looks awesome, by the way. So, long story short, folks, in, like, 2016, they messaged me and said, like, hey, you want to roll in the game? You could be a Mudokin. I was like, fuck yeah, bro. Like, I grew up on Oddworld. Like, this is, like, Oddworld Munch's Odyssey is one of my favorite games of all time, right next to Stranger's Wrath. Like, amazing games. I'm a little more biased when it comes to Munch's, but Stranger's Wrath people would enjoy. Um so I was like, absolutely. And I still, three years later, have yet to be contacted for lines. And I signed a contract and everything, so... We'll oh, see. weird. Okay. We'll see. Uh, do you think that Pokemon Sword and Shield should be delayed? The game looks pretty rough, and it won't let you use every Pokemon from every game like previous titles. Um, I just... I don't think that... And this is Kopi who asked this. I, I don't think that it needs to be delayed, personally. Because 
Um, there's already so many Pokemon, but I think there was going to be, like, some exceptions made at some point with this game where you have so many Pokemon and people want, like, open-world spaces, but they also want to maintain the previous DNA, and they have to add, like, a new gimmick like they're doing with Dynamax. I just feel like there's so many demands from every point where, where the developers are eventually just going to shut the blinds and go, all right, what are we doing? Who are we keeping? Yeah. And, and for me personally, like, I love Pokemon. Grew up on it, you know, so... I understand the love for the older ones, and as new generations opened up, we fell in love with different ones, but I just don't expect Game... I, I personally don't expect Game Freak to, to provide all of them in one title. I just... I don't. I personally cannot. Do you think the game needs a delay? I thought it looked sharp. I was excited no, when I saw the it, gameplay. Yeah, it looks fine for me. Yeah. I'll check it out when it comes out. Uh, Randomosity asks, do you think hardly anyone showed actual gameplay at E3 because all those games are running on the next generation of consoles and they can't show that yet? On what game? Uh, they just said, do you think anyone... Like, we got a lot of CGI trailers. Like, for example, Elden Ring. And he's saying, do you think that we only, we didn't oh. see actual gameplay for titles like that because all the games are running on next-gen consoles and they can't show that yet? And I think so, that may be somewhat true because... Some games may actually end up looking better than what's being shown now, and some games may end up looking worse than what we could see now, um, because they're they're so far from their final vision. So, I'd say it's a little bit of a yes and no from my perspective. I'm sure there was probably at least one, but I mean, um, when you look at PCs, they're not generational at all. So if you can show it on PC, you'd show it on PC and just say fuck it. But I think also that we're we're seeing a lot of developers starting to get worried about showing something and not appeasing you know gamers who don't know what development how development works because you do downgrade Cyberpunk. during development and you yeah and you can upgrade them um so i would say yeah sure i'm sure i'm sure probably one or two of them were but also dude uh people just keep forgetting that amd has to decide what they're making before microsoft and sony can even decide what they're putting in their consoles and they just recently did that so that means microsoft and sony then just recently specked out their hardware so if people are talking about next-gen systems right now, they probably need to understand in no way, shape, or form is it a next-gen system. It's a development system, which is a PC running mm -hmm. an emulator. Mm -hmm. So really, if you're seeing anything, it's a PC just for right now, like on, on those new ones. Uh, Adam, former podcast or former guest on the Ham Radio podcast just two weeks ago, actually chimed in with a question of his own. Were you at all impressed with the Scarlet Talk or do you think that it was all just tech and press jargon? Um, one thing I found quite interesting was, I think, I, I this is where I need to shape up on my tech talk a little bit, so Carrick is going to naturally, you know, be my dad here and help me out through my sentence. They said they were using some type of RAM as, proce or as processing power, or something like that. Something that, like, sounded, when I heard it, I was like, that's different. I forgot what yeah. it was. They were doing something with the RAM or like a visual or, or to power visuals or to power the processing. Well, there, I apologize. There's it's an, I went a, back it's an I AP. Know it. Yeah, no, it's an AP. Uh, it's an APU, which is a graphics and a CPU put together. But they did say GDDR6, uh, which mm. is the newer RAM. Um, and then they're using an SSD for the processor. But they didn't really. They didn't really. That say might much. have been it. Yeah, that might have been it. That sounds right. Yeah, that might that might yeah, have been there's, it. There's. Um, it's literally a normal... I mean, there's not a... It's just a console discussion. Yeah, the way I look at it as someone... It clearly is. I just displayed, if anyone couldn't tell. I'm not super fluent in tech. So, for me, what what sells me is the eye test, 
You know, the, the yeah. stuff that, like, I have a trained eye in knowing when, like, a game has a lot of money spent versus when the tech is just fucking amazing, right? And uh, I'd say Carrick, obviously, is in that same boat. But when I hear, like, the tech and press stuff, I just kind of sit there and go, okay. Like, I, I just let it glance. I'm not going to sit here and pretend, like, I, I know what the fuck they're all saying. Like, I have a PC. I know decent specs. I can talk a little bit about that, but, you know, it doesn't go much beyond that. So when they were talking about the system being a monster... You know, I also got to sit here and, and acknowledge this is a company trying to hype people up for a product. So yeah. them just talking into a camera and doing a slow panning thing on the text Xbox Scarlet, that doesn't excite me. I want to see a game running on that thing. That's what I care yeah, about. Yeah, I don't. that's what I'm Yeah, I, I mean, they're just Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, they all do this. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's like, here's some stuff. And if you're a tech head like I am, you like looking at it. But it really doesn't mean anything because you can still have good tech and then have one shitty thing about it. In mm-hmm. fact, we've seen multiple consoles that have amazing stuff with, look at the PS3, cell so, processor, yep. all this crazy shit. And then so. it turns around and has absolute shit for memory for the video yep. card. So it's, yeah, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't marketing speak. It was, it was, well, I mean, or it's all marketing speak, I guess is what you could say. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Holzer19 asks, with the constant barrage of battle royales lately, is there any theme, setting, fighting style, etc. that would make you genuinely excited for one? Carrick, I have an answer right off the top of my head yeah, that so I have I. been speculating about for a long, long time. Go for it. 76 actually touched on it a little bit, believe it or not. I want a MOBA-style BR. So you start up at level 1, you gradually get through the match, and you level up. As you level up, based off the class you've selected... You get different powers or abilities or perks, whatever you want to call it. And that's where 76 touched on it because they have perks that you preset based off your character from survival slash adventure mode. And I really like that. But what I want to see is, like I said, MOBA style. So once you start off at level one, you start progressing. You get XP for like mining. You get XP for shooting and killing. So it Mm. kind of rewards a more aggressive, active team. And as you get those levels, you get those abilities and you play a role, whether you're a healer or you're playing as like a, a slayer. And so... For example, the healer can't win the game by themselves, so they have to play their role adequately because if they just ditch their team and don't try to play in a manner that gets them the most XP, once it comes to the end game, yeah, you may be alive in level 20, but you're a healer, right? So, like, that's I think that would be a really good route for BR, and I would be shocked if no one's concepting it right now, but that's what would get me genuinely excited. I mean, 76 was a good, like, you know, shot in the arm sort yeah, of excitement. Right. But, um... Yeah, like for me, that that would truly get me head over heels for a, a BR title. But nowadays, like the way BR is done, it's very surprise factor because of Apex Legends. Even if that game is falling off currently, it still made boatloads of cash. It still made them way more than they ever expected. And so companies see that and go, how can we get that same wow factor and steal people away with our BR mode? And so I feel that demands so much development. My idea that maybe BR may be on the way out by the time something like that is actually created. I think BR will be taken over by smaller companies. So you're going to see, uh, like, your 10, 15-person 10, uh, group trying alternate things. I can say one idea I want and one idea I know for sure is being made, and I'm not going to say which is which. Um, I would love a Battletech-style one. Giant robots, very slow more strategic huge amounts of firepower Mm -hmm. um i've always liked battletech i'm just a big fan of like big robots so Mm -hmm. i would love to do a br where it's like 50 robots all smashing the shit out of each other i think that'd be awesome um 
or an underwater one. Um, with uh, there's man a game eater. called Aquanox. Man eater, br. Well, man eater. Uh, there's a game called Aquanox, which is a, an entire underwater shooter where you're in an underwater like super fast one man sub, and it's all you upgrade your guns, and it's it's a very old game, very classic. And then Aquanox two came out. There's uh, Aquanox three as well. There perhaps is a BR game that's not made by the same company that is going to be underwater. But I heard some pretty cool stuff about, like, imagine going underwater, you're playing a BR, you have your 3D mm -hmm. combat now, because imagine that 3D combat where, like, you're circling each other in subs, so you don't need to fly. Um, different water currents, different salinity to water, so you might have water that's really brackish where maybe you couldn't hmm. use your radar, couldn't see through it as easy. So there'll be there'll be some cool stuff. I think Aquaman actually. This is gonna sound really weird, but I think that the underwater scenes in Aquaman. I at least know three developers who, the moment they saw the underwater scenes in Aquaman, started getting ideas for games. Wow. Yeah, the city. Because dude, if you you've seen it now, right? Yeah, great Aqu movie. Aquaman. Yeah, that that scene when like they go in and you got the neon coral and all mm -hmm. that shit. I there were multiple developers I saw in one of the developer discords going like, dude, what if? And then it just sort of blew up from there, um, which we haven't seen really. If you think mm -hmm. about it, we really haven't seen a lot of underwater stuff in a while. Um, I would like to see some people do some crazy shit with the environment, less so the people. Like BR is about, you know, it's in Fallout, it's people. Uh, Apex is people. You know what I mean? But like change the environment up. That might be, might be interesting to me. Space. Where there's a BR space game actually right now on Steam. I think hmm. they're 40, 40 total. Interesting. For, uh, 20, or uh, deathmatch, 40 total. So. so there's room to grow there. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Blade98 asks, is game developers using Hollywood actors a cool slash helpful addition to the industry, or is it just a gimmick that they should stop? I wouldn't call it a gimmick, but there there are times where... I, I always reference the Call of Duty campaigns because I think they're the best examples where they clearly bring in a large current actor to generate hype or sales, like just so that you can go, yo, Kevin Spacey's in the latest Call of Duty yeah, campaign. Right. Like, what? He's the villain? What? Or not him, but Kit Harrington, I think, was the villain. Um, but, you know, they, they, they have those where I, I kind of see through it and I go, I don't really care. Or something like cyberpunk which is i think what sparked this question where we see keanu reeves hit the stage and you find out he's a major character and this is well after the game's reveal where all the hype's been generated just around the game itself like it's role-playing mechanics it's dialogue it's shooting it's progression uh it's attention to detail where seeing a hollywood actor join that fight is i'd say absolutely more interesting it doesn't feel as gimmicky or as like oh they're just trying to pull as many sales as possible it feels like there's more to that yeah i would agree i mean people probably have to remember that like what is it the shit star commander one or star star wing one or whatever it was with mark hamill i mean people have been doing major uh you know command and conquer mm -hmm. michael ironside there's been actors in movies for over 20 years or in games for over 20 years. So I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. I think, like you said, it depends on what it's bringing to the table. Cameron, I think, brings a ton to the table for Star Wars. Um, I'm really excited to see him. Really excited to see Keanu. Because they both like that stuff, too. I'm excited when somebody likes something. I know yeah, that's, like, that's the thing. Their is passions, that they, what, they like it. Yeah, yeah. If, they, if they're a fucking gamer and they're all, dude, I love games. To me, there's almost a weird fan thing where it's like, oh, do you? 
do you like games as much as me? And you're well, all... Well, there's, like, times where, like... Fuck. I, I, I get what you're saying, and I'm not, like, this elitist fan, I fucking can't stand that shit, but there are times where you can tell, like, the PR script oh, says, like, mention of you're course. a big gamer, because I remember when Cameron got introduced, he's like, you know, I've been a hardcore gamer all my life. I, you know, I'm just like, bro, no. Like, I... I he I, has. Like, is he really? Absolutely. Cameron, dude, he talks about it on Shameless in the first year, and that was, like, nine years ago. That's fucking insane to me, because, like, it just... you. But ignore him for a second. I yeah. get what you're saying. Yeah, I you're was absolutely, say, I, like, it, yeah, you're It just sounded very mean. scripted, and I think if companies just say, hey, if you want to talk about games and it fits, do it, that works a lot better. Yeah. yeah. Because even I would sit there and go, like I just said there, like, mm, I don't buy that. I don't believe yeah. you, you know, kind of thing. Where, uh, Yeah, crazy shit, though. Uh, Black Dow, what are your thoughts on Final Fantasy VII Remake being two discs just for Midgar and the fact that the entire remake could span console generations? It's a joke. As excited as I am, it's a joke. I am not a huge fan oh, of Oh, are mode. you reading him now, or are you saying out loud? Sorry. You're say- oh, oh, I, thought I you am were, saying I, it I, is a joke. <laughs> I thought you were Black Dow <laughs> going, why is he asking if he's going to say it's a joke right away? No, no, no. I, I, I was, like, scrolling I through because we have, we just, I'm happy as fuck we have a ton of questions. I agree with you completely. Yeah, it, I'm sorry, but no one is listening, and I need people to understand that I love what I'm seeing with this game, but everyone needs to accept something's getting left behind here. Yep. They cannot recreate a game like Final Fantasy VII and compact, even if it's through multiple generations. They cannot. It's yeah. not going to happen. Except if you're, if you're excited, just accept that Like one of your favorite parts is probably going to get kicked out. Or, or it'll just feel different thematically if it's split yeah. that and long. It, it could be better, but I just think there's a yeah. reason why Seven's a little more. I would have loved if Seven got the the buff we're seeing with Final Fantasy VIII. I knew I, what I, you were gonna say. Yeah, I, I would have much rather that. Keep the whole fucking game, polish it up a little bit, add like the new models. I want to experience it all in one, dude. I don't want to have to remember what the fuck I did two years from now in the, in a game that's thematically supposed that's to saying. be the next day. Yeah, that's what gonna I'm be saying. Really weird. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. The, the part of the strength of that game is like focus narrative. Yeah, I, I don't know how else yeah. to say it. Like the story's there. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know in Midgar what point you can end the. Fucking Are you going to stop? At. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to be, and that'll be different all by itself. Yeah, they're going to add new parts. To. They have yeah. to because nothing in that game stopped you from saying like, you can't leave Midgard. I think that's okay, but you sorry. treat it like an OST remix off of Remix.com, you know? Yeah. Like, it's a remix. It's it's going to have some added shit, uh, but it may not be what you thematically exactly remember. Like, it, it, was, it just feels like the wrong game to change stuff for. If they were going to change anything oh, in the sure. Final Fantasy VII line, like, do something different with Crisis Core. That was a great game, but if you could open that one up a little bit more. What was Crisis Core on? Uh, that was on the PSP. Oh. But, but they okay. took... Type Zero HD from the or not HD, but just Type Zero from the PSP and ported it to the PS4. So I think it's possible, and gotcha. that game is great. I love Type Zero. That's HD. why I was asking because I didn't have a PSP and I was trying to oh, remember why why I hadn't why I hadn't at least looked at it. Yeah, gotcha. really good game. All right, so we move on to that was two different weeks worth of questions, and now uh, thank you to everyone who had submitted them. We move on yeah. to this week's bulk of questions. Bearded Panda says, "Fill in the blank." We don't call them microtransactions, loot boxes, DLC, or surprise mechanics. We call them blank. Tiny purchases. That's really what they are. I don't have any witty. There's tiny purchases. Hmm. I'm trying to think of something funny. Something to get yeah, a rise out of our listeners. That's usually your oh. job. 
because my my, is, my humor is so anything. fucking straight and dry <laughs> that that it, it just it people f- take it and seriously like, and, and then sarcastic post in your comments yeah right. absolutely sarcastic that yeah like I just feel like I I avoid humor on my channel at all costs like it just it never has helped me out <laughs> so I'm just gonna say we we call them gyps <laughs> hilarious <There you> go. <laughs> all right. <laughs> People still believe you. They'll still you'll get a tweet about it. <laughs> I know, oh, right? Can't believe it. Acid Buffet. I've recently been expanding my retro game collection. Ocarina of Time, Super Mario 64, A Link to the Past, just to name a few. What older games do you guys feel are must-plays? Oh, man. So it seems like you're digging A Link to the Past was on the Game Boy Color. But it seems like you're mentioning a lot of 64 games. Oh, man. I can tell you one that's oh, prior. Star, uh, Fantasy Star number one, the original on the Master System. Phenomenal. Isn't that on... Is that on Sega Genesis? Uh, yeah, two, three, and four are. Oh, okay. And, and whatever el- other might, ones. My, and there might be a remake. Card Shop so. I go to sells retro games, and I remember seeing Sega and then, like, Fantasy Star, yeah. but I think it was two, now that you mentioned it. And four was redonkulous, because you have four generations through the entire game. So you have your, kid, your parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, and then the last gen. So you have wow. in the entire game. It's it, it was one of the, you said a sequel. Dishonored was like one character, then two is like two characters. Mm-hmm. Fantasy Star Four was like fuck you, man. We'll show you. We're gonna do four <laughs> generations of characters. You're just like damn. There's a whole dude. goddamn family. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. Uh, I would say uh, must play is Turtles in Time. Um, that you can get on the SNES. Um, oh. Very short beat 'em up, but one of my favorites of all time. Mm. Uh, Legend of Cage back to was it. back then. Ooh. Oh, Legend of Cage was NES. So we're looking at Ghouls and Ghosts without they're just a saying, doubt. They're just saying, what older games do you guys feel are must-plays? Ghouls so. and Ghosts. Without a, a, without a fucking shadow of a doubt. Ghouls and nice. Ghosts is amazing. Hmm. What else? Pokemon 16. Stadium. I love that one. Um, I think it's aged well. I've, I've played it recent, like, I think within the last year. And it's still fun. Uh, it's it's standard Pokemon battles, but you have an announcer that kind of like screams over the entire battle, and the the Pokemon are like three D models, like you see actually nowadays. So it was really cool to see that on the N sixty four. And since you you mentioned a link to the past, you clearly have a Game Boy Color, and if you have the link that you can use between your Game Boy Color and your N sixty four, you can actually play Pokemon Yellow, I believe it is, by linking your Game Boy to your sixty four and opening up something in Pokemon Stadium 1, so you can play on your Game Boy Color on the big screen. Really mm. cool mechanic that was included in that game, and I, I thought it was fucking awesome. Um, oh, man. Oh, God, the 64 was my shit. I actually never really owned a PlayStation 1, but I will say that uh, Final Fantasy 7 is naturally a, a older must-play. Um, Dragon Force on the Sega Saturn. Mm. was one of the best games like it, ridiculous ridiculously there is a you spiritual successor first... coming out that you and i were just talking about but act razor is one that's like a it's yeah. a side scroller um where you go through and clear areas out and you go through this map and then this map becomes like towns that you can build and and you can like collect resources and, and manage civilization but it's still like that cool side scroller so it has like a sense of openness that other old games never had. And like I said, Sega just announced, and it's coming out in like 10 days, like a spiritual successor identical to that. So maybe hold off. Oh, that on was the one you linked me. Yeah. And I said like, dude, this yeah. looks awesome. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, put in a review did. request for that for sure. Do you know how I first had an N64, dude? It wasn't an N64. It was a Chinese ripoff. 
That was oh, no. the N64 controller with a slot at the top to put the cartridge. Did you even know those existed? No. Yeah, they got all the hardware into a single N64 controller. So it was your N64 controller oh, so like with handheld. the N64 in it, and all it had was four wires to connect to your TV. And you would just hold it, and your console was in your controller. So you just plug the cartridge on top. Is that not wow. crazy? That's how fast technology has advanced. Wow. That when I played it, I didn't even have the console. I had a controller, which was the console. Wow. That is fucking... Yeah. So it... I remember seeing when I was a kid, someone got like one of those... Uh... What's the word? Like handmade consoles that took mm-hmm. the sixty four and put it into like a portable setting yeah, where yeah, you could like those. slot the thing in on the top and you'd have a screen that would play it. Yeah. Fucking insane! Uh, Is that so- crazy too? That technology you bought, you and I bought these boxes that were mm-hmm. hot. They weren't even cool. Like yeah. they were as in warm and they're big. And then suddenly somebody figures out a die mm-hmm. shrink and you've got it. This fucking look at a Genesis Mini Genesis. Is like I know, you know right? all those. Yeah, it's crazy. It's oh, so awesome. Uh, Spider-Man 64 is another favorite of mine. Um, not a really great game, but just a classic, I feel. Uh, I feel like I'm missing something on a 64. It's not Doom or Quake. There's something I played, and I remember that was what got me. A lot of people like it. Quest 64. I haven't played that, but I've heard a lot of people like that game. Pilot Wings 64, was that good? Was the Pilot Wings that was oh, on 64 boy. good? Because Pilot Wings was hugely popular for SNES. It used Mode 7, which was their fancy scaler and all this crazy shit. I don't know. Shit. I mean... Oh, Blast Corps. Blast Corps. Blast Corps. That's the game. Oh, yeah, that it was fucking a de- reminds me. Demolition game. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, that would be something I would... Ch- if you have an N64 emulator, however he's playing. I got, I got the best suggestion of them all. Army Men. Oh, oh, Army Men was really good. I yep. fucking love Army Men. It, ladies and gentlemen, you literally play as plastic army toys, and, like, it's a third-person shooter. It is, yep. I mean, obviously and controlling to- a third-person shooter on a <laughs> 64 controller yeah. sucks, but uh, it's so cool for what it is. And Toy Soldiers 1 and 2 both replace, or the spiritual successors. Mm-hmm. They're on PC and console. Great games. Yeah, very much so. Army Men's just a blast because you're fucking playing with toys. Yeah. That's Wait a minute. So cool. Toy Story. No, Toy Story 3 is Yeah, Toy Story 2, I think, was on the uh, 1 and 2 were on... I don't PS1 know about 1. I think N64. 2 was on N64 for sure. Mm, Toy Story okay. 2 is a fantastic game. That's, yeah. wow, good suggestion. Three, That's a good one. Come on, bro. Yeah, Three, three is the best, one of the best, if not the best movie tie-in game ever. <laughs> Dude, seriously. People fucking have no clue how good of a game that is. Yeah. Oh. I recently played it for a stream. Like, it was, I think, for a 50-sub goal, and... It was just like I was fucking around in the toy box mode. Just, I like I had trouble what? focusing on the chat. Oh, good still. It's yeah. ridiculous, man. Great game. Backwards compatible, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. So if you have an Xbox, you can pick it up. But it's not cheap. Earthworm it's Jim. Oh. Had to, had, sorry. I didn't Ooh. want to forget it. Continue your. No, no. I was just Earthworm saying it's Jim. one of those games, like we mentioned earlier, that didn't. You think it'd be like five bucks now, but Toy Story 3 is a, a gem. 20 bucks. Oh, really? Yeah, digital, physical, used, eBay, 20 bucks. Oh, yeah, they know the price of that son of a bitch. Yeah. They they know what it's worth. They know. Yeah, they know it's good. Uh, Adam asks, yet again, when do you think we'll see more of Pete Hines on Twitter, interviews, etc.? And um, in answer to this question, I just feel like he decided enough was enough. Because I remember always he mentioned... 
whenever people would like give him shit on Twitter, they go, oh, man, like, you know, Pete, why are you, why are you just not giving us the truth, man? Like, uh, he's like, it's my job to come out here and, and, and do what I got to do. But pretty much I don't have to go on Twitter. Like, that's the thing he said. Like, I have to give you guys information on the game. I have to, you know, right. work with our partners, but going on Twitter and answering your questions individually is not a part of my job requirement. I do it because I want to. And I think after 76, when shit just blew up, he was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't got to. And he just walked away. Um, he did some interviews, I believe, at E3. I think Todd's really taken the the reins for that, which yes. is why you saw a little more exhaustion from him, a little more uh, like nerves from him. It was a lot more pressure on him, I think, internally than most had realized. So I don't know when Pete will come out. Um, I was um, even surprised to see him open Bethesda's E3 2019 conference. Oh, were you? I was, I was pretty Just surprised. Yeah. Pretty surprised. Um, I also, he's not the only one like talking to some, I mean, you and I've talked about it, but some YouTubers, there's a lot of people considering like YouTube cha- uh, comments being turned off, mm. uh, t- turning their Twitter off. Like there's a lot of people who are all, you know what? It's not, it's it does it gain you fans it can for sure but it can also if it's destroying you like the number of people i know who are stepping away and pr people in fact one of the pr people you and i have had on the uh, podcast um when i talked to them a while ago i hadn't seen him and i'm like what's going on they're like dude i can't no way he's like the 10 good people do not equal 150 jackasses who just say you're lying and you're not mm-hmm. and you maybe it's going to take you six months to prove them wrong He's like, they won't ever remember. It's not worth it at all, which is really sad. But Pete, you know me. I've never, I didn't really know what to think. I'll, I'll admit, I did not know what to think of him. You and Lone were the ones who sort of knew how he, remember? Because I had some issues with his yeah, sarcasm. Yeah. I was always confused about exactly what he was doing. But never in a million years would I want somebody to have to leave. Like, that's, it's unacceptable. Yeah. And the thing is, is he did. And I, I think it's good, good for him. Yeah. I mean, it sucks, but I don't think you Look, will either. I, I'm a believer. The, the way the internet can be, man, like, it can be your best friend or your worst enemy. That's and I just ridiculous. Yeah, I just feel like even I, like, I don't have issues on the internet, but, like, I just step away anyway just because I know it's good to just let my brain detach from that shit. And I don't blame him. If it's not my job requirement, like, for me, I always tell people, if I didn't do this as a job, I would not be on social media at all. I don't care about social media. No, I don't like it. It is yeah, quite literally either. a job requirement just to keep my videos a little more relevant, to engage with people who are awesome, which I'm very fortunate to have a very nice audience where yeah. where I don't yeah. get those fucking negative interactions that often. But even though they're mostly positive, I still like to breathe and take a step away from them so that they're constantly refreshing and enjoyable and I can yeah. have genuine interactions, not like, oh, another day on Twitter, you know, like, that's the thing. But I always say, man, like, unplugging is so important. Yeah, and good for him um, because, you know, he probably had to sell that to somebody, Maddie. Mm-hmm. I bet you. Imagine if you're that job and you've been doing it, you have to go to your bosses and say, okay, FYI, what I was doing, which you guys may have considered a, a role, I'm not doing because it's truly not a role. You have to sell mm-hmm. that, which is pretty stressful mm-hmm. in and of itself. Absolutely. Ace asks, I have a question. What are your and Carrick's opinions? A lot of Bethesda stuff this week. Actually, this is the last one uh, for Bethesda. What are your Carrick's, What are your and Carrick's opinion about Bethesda's future and having to learn from their mistakes? Are we going to see 
some of the same mistake in the next couple of games of theirs. As in, I'm, I'm sure he's referring to engines, awesome. polish, oh. you know, that type of stuff. What do you think about that? Um, do we... Um... I guess I don't... I don't want to come off as negative towards anything anybody's done. Or, mm. But um, I don't... I think people are blowing it out of proportion. I, I commented on your uh, Twitter yesterday um, on your video where I was like, okay, so Pete... Or not Pete, for example. Um, what's his name? Uh, Todd. Mm-hmm. Had gone out and said... And he made a joke about 76 in the middle of the E3 conference. Like, yes, we get it. You guys are spirited, blah, blah, blah. You know, obviously it was like, we know. Uh, but then later, he explained a story about when they had made some bad games and needed a angel investor. And if people don't know what that means, that's basically someone comes in to save your company. They needed that to continue after they made some bad games. I don't necessarily believe Fallout 76 is anywhere near as impactful as people think when it comes to... No. Um, like Reputation-wise, impactful monetarily yeah. they're fine and i'm gonna tell you right now if they announce skyrim 2 maddie skyrim 2 what did you just say I'm just, uh, yeah i'm just saying imagine if they did people would shit they'd be all over it. oh you're actually you're just serious you're saying like a skyrim sequel uh, yeah Wouldn't i'm just saying just if they Elder said Scroll 6 yeah no no what if they just said skyrim 2 oh they you're back in skyrim, skyrim. 2. like breath of the wild 2 yeah i'm just saying if they just announced it fans would ignore 76 dude they would most would. Well, that's why it's you're not, not going to see anything their... from BGS till next year. Yeah, it's not destroying their company. They had actual bad games for many years. Go look at their release schedule. Horrendous games, and they were in trouble. That was an issue. This, I don't think. Oh, is, when they is were publishing as... games like Rogue Warrior. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. Glory and I want to bring up Glory Days. And look, that's what Todd even said in the interview. He's like, "Listen, the, one of the worst events we ever had was that he's been there twenty. How long has Todd been there, bro? Over twenty years." Over 20 years. He started as a community manager, right? Didn't oh, he? Man, I don't remember what he started as. I think, I'm pretty sure he started as, I, I could be wrong. I thought he started as a community manager. But no, I don't think, um, I, I think they'll improve. But they'll probably have a bad release in the future, too. Every company does. People seem to forget that it's like, if you release enough games, you're going to I guess it was just, shit. this was like cataclysmic. Cataclysmic. It was just very it was. bad. Because you know, it, it was their main title, too. Yeah. Exactly, it was yeah. their big fall title. It, it just, uh, no one expected anything good, but no one expected things that bad. I, um, Do you yeah, think man. it's turned around? The honest truth. Because I honestly <sighs> believe that there is a weird upswell of like, hey, this community is great, and hey, uh, that's PR true. is that's good. Not, that's not them just saying you know? like, the, like a PR statement. The community no. for 76 is actually fantastic. Like The people who play and like the game are, are some of the best people you can encounter in online gaming. Um, That's, I'm asking. Do you think that BR is great? This... The future could be very good if they do the the Wastelanders expansion right. It's a matter of, gotcha. and this is a lot of what ifs. It's is the writing yeah. good? Are the characters interesting? Are the choices meaningful? How does it impact the game world? How much does it retain that Fallout spirit? What sacrifices are made? How much is actually there, or is it just like two characters in this gigantic world? How quickly are <laughs> updates coming out that add more NPCs? Like one guy on the north side, one guy on the that's south what side. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, like two towns full of people. Yeah. Is it just encountering raiders? Is that your humans? What are the effects of encountering humans uh, now that you're you're living in a world that was designed to be sold as? Imagine if every 
person you encountered in this world was another player, and now there are other people, yep. like like actual NPCs. You know, does that corrupt what the game originally was? Uh, which I don't think it will. But I think there's so many what ifs. But condensing it all, looking at it simply, the BR mode's fun. I've seen people who go, I don't like Fallout. I don't like BR. I like this BR. So I think that says something strong about it. Yeah. But also, I think if Wastelanders is nailed, which they have to. If they don't nail it, I said that's the, the final nail in the coffin. Because, you know, I made a video, a news update about this game. And it was the first time I saw people going, I'm actually interested. Yeah. Before, like, obviously before the release, people are interested. But that was, like, the first time I saw that shit. So Bethesda has a chance to, you know, win people back and get this right and put the product on the right path. It's a lot of what-ifs, though. That's what it all falls down to. Always, yeah. Yep. Jake K1107, recent Twitch sub as well, asks... What are your thoughts on EA's response? Oh, wait, sorry. This was uh, one that we actually covered entirely. (laughs) Yeah, sorry about that. That's what I get for reading the name and not the the question. Grimblade. Just Grimblade. Sorry, he says. Because if you remember, weeks ago, Carrick and I had read that this man changed his name like four episodes in a row. We're like... All the time. Yeah, we're like, keep your fucking name the same, bro, or else we'll never know who you are. And so he goes, just Grimblade. Sorry. 2K recently placed unskippable advertisements in NBA 2K19. What are your thoughts on this issue? And then, two, on a similar note, what is the game mechanic you would like to see used during loading screens? I like the idea of doing some inventory management while the game loads. Really good idea. Fucking A, that's a good idea. Really good idea. I usually Dude, was entertained with like little, little things Mini like... Games. Yeah, like Fallout 4 where you can just rotate models. I'm like, yeah, oh, this is... In VR, you do it with your hands, by the way. Oh, really? And you can, yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> that's um, awesome. Dude, that's a brilliant idea. The inventory? Shit. That would be love really that. smart, yeah. That or, or something that gets you ready for when you load in. But I wonder if that's yeah. possible if it's trying to access data to load in an area and has to access data while it's loading you in that brings in every item your character currently owns and then mm. swiftly loading that in once the loading screen finishes. What if you're... I think what they should do is... If they're going to take that mechanic, which I think is a really good idea, so that's why I'm sticking to it. You're in, you're managing your inventory in the loading screen, which like you, you access by clicking the options button or something like that. And while you're managing it, the game loads in, and then you press A to continue once you're done. So it doesn't force you out of the management in the middle of it all. And yeah, so right. once you're ready, yeah, I think that would be great. Um, I would love to see what some was, type of what game was mechanic. his first part? His he first questions something. were, "What are our thoughts on the issue of 2K placing unskippable oh. as in 2K19?" It's, Fucking stupid! It's stupid. That yeah, game is it's, shit now. It's the dumbest. I yeah, I don't even know if anybody would say anything other than that is the dumbest. Fucking. The dumbest thing. Apparently, ever. this has been something ongoing for a while. I'd seen some people respond saying like they're just getting caught now. Oh. Yeah, like it had popped up in the past or something, and now they're actually getting blasted for it. What? Really? Yeah. Dude, how are there not 8 million fucking videos on unskippable cutscenes or or ads in a fucking... Any game. Even yeah. I don't even like them in my uh, mobile. Like, have you ever that's gotten to play You mobile? don't even see that in free-to-play mobile. mobile games. No. You see, like, no, a pop-up, that's... like, do you want to visit the store? Like yeah, full on no. video. What the? F- it's insane and it's it's absolutely ballsy. By the way, so bravo yeah. to them for being ballsy as fuck. Because that's insane. Somebody thought that they could get away with it, but I think it's horrible. 
uh, it's actually unbelievable because now you bring up the mobile aspect. Like I think of all the, the apps I've ever used, and I want the viewers to think of that too. Think of any free app you've downloaded that in the middle of using it, you'll see an app pop up or an ad pop up, and you'll see like on the top left or top right corner a little little X. black X that you could just click yeah. and continue doing what you're doing. Like not even that. Like unskippable advertisements yeah. and something you paid sixty dollars for that also has that VC currency bullshit that charges you up the ass for. Give me a fucking break. That's insane. Different, different microtransactions for hair and beard too. Remember I was telling you about that for like oh the NBA my God, game. Yeah. When I wanted to make my beard and my hair the same color and it was like eighty cent eighty VC, what do you call them, VC coins or whatever for each, and I'm like, yeah, I think it's virtual. Fuck, currency. are you talking about? Like, what the? F- it was. It's like one ear needs to be diff- fucking paid for the other ear, and you're just like, jeez, yeah. it's horrendous. No, horrible idea. Arguably, like the currently worst monetized franchise when you really break it down year in year out. I feel like oh, between that, absolutely. what you mentioned, and now this example, I think those are awful steps forward. Whereas, like EA is the same loot boxes. And yeah. Ultimate Team Packs, which are horrible, by the way. But yeah. all I'm saying is, like, at least they're maintaining their awful shit practices and we can work on trying to get those removed or a little more fixed. This is like, God, how far can we go? How can we fuck with people? Or fuck it, people, rid- really? It, it is absolutely ridiculous. It, it, it Not even a ability to uh, grandfather yourself in. Or say, I will accept them. Like, what if it said, mm. every time you do, we'll give you 100 VC points or something. But instead, it's just like, now you're watching an unskippable commercial. Yeah. Unreal. So, that concludes, ladies and gentlemen, all of your patron questions. Thank you all so much for being active week in and week out. Even while we took uh, two weeks off from the questions. Um, one was the week we were not here. The other was Fighting Cowboy and I, along with Carrick. Had a very long show, almost three hours long, where I decided I made the executive decision that we were just going to cut out the question. So thank you guys so much for all your submissions. We appreciate you really being a part of the show and thinking of things that we don't consider while we're sitting here recording in our own little bubble here on the internet. Uh, Carrick, any closing thoughts? No. Now I'm going to leave negative, though, because those fucking... <laughs> fucking... We need to have something blade. positive. No, good good job on him with the great <laughs> with the great in like that fucking inventory thing needs to be passed on to some devs. We need to talk about something positive or I'm gonna go fucking kick something. Uh, I don't even have anything positive. That literally depressed me. The idea of that is now I'm hey, mad. Next month is gonna be great for Nintendo. We got Fire Emblem and we got Marvel Ultimate Alliance three. I can't Oh wait. and Marvel looked so Right? Fucking good, actually. Sorry. Okay, that's positive. Okay, yeah, man. Good. That game looks great. I can't. Yeah, I cannot can't wait. wait for that one because, like, everyone's like Avengers, baby. I'm like, no, Ultimate Alliance three, man. Shift your focus, yeah. please, and thank you. <laughs> yep. Yep. For sure. Absolutely. All right. Now that we got our our buddy here, Carrick, in uh, in good shape, yeah, man. A good positive note to end on. We'd like to thank you, the listeners, for sticking us sticking to us. Well, yeah, sure, why not? But sticking with us as well <laughs> for uh, for this long, and hopefully. We'll have your attention for this long next week. So we'll catch you in episode 209. Peace out.